Hello everyone and welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of Watch The Film Podcast. My name is Scott. And I'm Steve. And we come together each episode to bring you Watch The Film Podcast, where we take two films with a common thread. We discuss them, we dissect them, before finally deciding which of those films makes the ultimate watch list. Uh, Welcome to any returning listeners uh, that might have subscribed to us or following us on our platforms. And a big hello to any new people who might be tuning in for the first time. Um, Stephen, we haven't done an episode for the seasons... Which seems like forever. I know, it's been a, quite, a, quite a while. It's really, been a while, it? yeah. We were just trying to figure out when the last one was, weren't we? But, um, but this is the long-awaited season finale, season two finale. So we're wrapping yes. our second season here in this episode. And then obviously got all... We've got the uh, recap episode as well, yes. the review, the watch list review episode. We just get together and just have a chat about what we Yeah, and just rank the, yeah. the previous season's cho- uh, choices and things like that. But um, before we start... And talk about what we're going to do in this one. Where can people find all of the other Watch the Film podcast stuff? On all major podcast providers. And you can find us on social media by searching for Watch the Film Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can visit us on our website at www.watchthefilmpod.com. Now, I am going to apologise to start with because I am still full, full of cold. cold. Yep. So, was it the Spider Man one? Oh, it might have been the Christmas one. That we did. And I was, I was rough still. One. Oh, the end of year review. That was yeah. right. Yeah, the 2021 2022 one. And I'm still full of cold. So still full of cold, yeah. I'll do my best. I'll do my best to... It's not as if these films are deep, conversational ones or yeah, anything like really. that, is just, it? So just small films, It's yeah. just tiny yeah. films. Um, so this is my <laughs> my final choice of the season. Um, and my pick for, for this episode was uh, Interstellar and Inception. The link between those films being the director, Christopher Nolan. So we're going to have a deep and detailed conversation about these. But just before then, we're going to just have a little chat about what we've been watching. We certainly are. Um, so do you want to kick off? Because you've been watching... Yeah. St- Stephen's eagerly ready to reel off this list of a thousand <laughs> things that he's got in front of him. Um, yeah, I've got one or two films that I've watched. <laughs> <laughs> you fire away. Give my voice a rest and go. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, so I've watched the Mads Mikkel... Oh, terrible. Mads Mikkelsen film, uh, Arctic. I watched that. That was really good. That's well Not heard of that. You've not heard of that? No. I think it was on Prime that I watched. It was, it was on Prime. That's uh, definitely worth a watch. Uh, watched a few uh, kids' films, family films, Christmas with the Cranks, obviously seasonal films around this time. Um, so I watched Christmas with the Cranks and New Year's Eve, watched that one. Uh, Journey to the Mysterious Island. Um, and then last night we watched Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is kind of a favourite of ours. Yeah, what did what did you think of that? Wh- which one? What did the family think of Fantastic Mr. Fox? We've all seen it before. We really enjoyed it, yeah. That was that was the choice. It was like, we couldn't find a film. It was like, oh, should we just watch this? You know? <laughs> Uh, for the like twentieth time, um, and then so a couple of films that I, I wanted to see for a while. Watched News of the Wild, which was the Tom Hanks film. All oh, right, yeah, uh, I think it's about two years ago. Um, straight to Netflix, mm-hmm. I think that one, but it's well worth checking that out. Good, Re- yep. Yeah, really good film. Um, and then The Impossible, which is another one that I mm. wanted to see. I think it was in 2014. Have I you think. never seen that before? Never seen it before. But you no. never, and when no, you said earlier on, no. I, th- I, I kind of just didn't really respond to it because I yeah, hadn't yeah. seen it. No, oh, seen, yeah, it's great. It that. Yeah, excellent um, film. That. Uh, Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. Very ba- young, Baby very Tom young Holland. Young, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I thought it was a great film. That. Um, Did you know that it was actually that film where he got bit by the spider? <laughs> yeah. that, that was that was it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was good. It was a good film. That. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, and then what else have I watched? Uh, Doctor Sleep, which is again another you and McGregor's in both those films. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, that was another one that I really wanted to get around to watch. And then uh, been to cinema quite a bit as well. Uh, we checked out Ghostbusters Afterlife a few weeks ago, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went to see Scream. Yep. And uh, Matrix 
Matrix Ooh, Resurrection Matrix and the, yep. um, Clifford the Big Red Dog last night. <laughs> Yesterday I took Jack to see that. It was, and I was really impressed with it. I thought this, Ooh, I wasn't expecting much, and I, I really sat there enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was quite quite fun, really fun little kids film. But yeah, it was good. So that's that's pretty that's pretty your much list. quite a rundown of films that I've watched. Ooh. What about yourself? You, I think you watch more TV, aren't you? Um, yeah, I've, I've watched a few bits and bobs. I've watched um, the original Old Boy. Oh, of course, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. um, yeah, uh, the... potential spoiler alert for yeah. season three, mm-hmm. but that might be popping yeah. up in an episode. <laughs> but yeah, I watched that one. Um, that was re- really interesting. That one. Have you, you haven't seen that, have you? No, I've seen the, I've seen the remake. I've not, not yeah, seen the, old, some, uh, the original. Uh, well, we might talk about that in, in the future, might have a bit more detail. But yeah, that was that was really good. Yeah. Um, I went with you to see Scream. Went with you to see Ghostbusters. I'll come back to them in, in a minute. Um, I saw Scream twice, actually. Yeah, you did, didn't I went, you? I went yeah. again, didn't I? Um, and poor it, like you said, like I said, it'd be more TV really, just started watching The Killing, um, bit of The Office, dabbling in and out of that, yeah. again, trying yeah. to get to, uh, to the end of that, but yeah, it's just, just that's about it really, but it might be worth just spending a couple of minutes just talking about uh, Scream, Ghostbusters and The Matrix, because obviously we, we haven't done review episodes on yeah, those as, yeah. as cinema It's just finding time at the moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. But oh, we've, we've been watching loads of films, but we haven't had time yeah, for the podcast. Yeah, not done this. Oh, but, yeah. um, <laughs> so work in reverse order then. So you saw Matrix. Matrix. That was the last uh, one. Resurrection, yeah, the fourth, fourth from, Matrix From that film. point of view, um, didn't you? Yeah. I haven't seen that, so you, you, yeah, yeah, I'm not I, that fussed about spoilers right, and things. I, so I that, think... I think the thing is, right... Possible spoilers for the fourth Matrix. Film. Yeah, I'll try not to spoil it you, but um, I went in with really low expectations because of all the negative press that it's had. Because two and three are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not a big, yeah, I'm not a big fan of two and three. Uh, two is good for, for the special effects and everything. They're all mm. really good for special effects, but the second one, I think, holds up more like that. You know, in, in, in terms of a sequel, it's it's all about action packs and everything. I, I, I didn't think the story of two and three was that good. Certainly certainly the way the third one wrapped up, I thought it was like, mm, you know, but, you know, didn't really do it for me. But the... Can I um, just jump in? Yeah, go on. Just what you saying there about special effects. Do you think they're that good for special effects? I think at the time they were. I don't think if you... Yeah. I don't think they are now. I, I think... So I, I went, um, Ben got the trilogy box set for on Blu-ray for Christmas mm. and we watched the first one together and then he watched the second and third because I said I'm not really that fussed about watching them but I'll, I'll go back and watch The Matrix. I went back and watched it and I think it still holds up to this day. I think it is really good in terms of special effects as well. It, you know, a film that that's that, that's that old, mm. it still holds up really well. There are little elements in it that you think, mm, you know, you can, you can see in that but the... You know, this don't forget this was a groundbreaking film when it came out. Bullet time effect, and, yeah. You know the, the 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 advancements in CGI that it brought with it. Um, certainly, when you look at, I think, so I go go to this film all the time, but just to reference it, The Mummy Returns. If you look that that came out a year, yeah, yeah, t- yeah. two years after, or maybe another one, Lost in Space, came out two mm. years previous uh, to The Matrix. If you look at the CG in those in both those films, it's absolutely terrible compared to what that is. And that's that that film came out bang in the middle of those two. And maybe another one that was out of oh, what year did that come out now? I think that might have been ninety seven. Uh, the original Blade film. If you look at that again, you know there's elements of the CG and that's maybe a little bit ropey, but but that's another one that's held up really well. So I still need to watch them. You got me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and if you look at 
those type of films, I think that's a, a testament to how good that film is. So I think that I think the original Matrix mm. film is a really good film. The, it's got a really good story to it, and I've, I've always said that that's a, that's a big key for me. And I think that was the problem with the with the Matrix that they the 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 uh, the creators of the film, the the Wachowskis, had always said. Oh, we always intended to make a, a trilogy. Hmm. I don't think for one minute they ever no, intended no, no. to make a trilogy. I think they just made a film, and the and Warner Brothers, the, the studio was just like throw well, money that, at them because got, of how big it was and how previous for that, aren't they as well? Anyway, yeah, as a studio, yeah. So, and yeah. let's let's just throw money at them and hmm. quickly make you know we want the sequel, we want the two a part two and the three, and obviously they filmed them both both hmm. together. And I think in terms of story, that's where the second and third fall down. Yeah, I yeah. Think the the second is good because it has it ends on a cliffhanger and you're like well what happens next you know i think that was the good thing about the second but i think the third one never really delivered that in my opinion mm. never really delivered in terms of a of a, a complete story Coherent story yeah. so you know we fast forward to now and there's a fourth film coming out and I, at first i was like would well, we really need a fourth film this, this was about six months ago when i first heard about it i saw the trailer a sneak sneak peek trailer sort mm. of thing and and then when the when the the final of the final few months when the trailers was coming out, I thought, well, that actually looks pretty good. That looks like a new take on it. And it came out at Christmas time and it's had really negative press and off the back of it, it's not made the money that the studio was hoping for. Mm. And they've already canceled plans for a fifth film. Right. You can see. In they this, really? Yeah, yeah, they have, yeah. And from what I've, from what I've read, um, better quote those sources. <laughs> yeah. Better, yeah. Well, from what I've read online, um, <laughs> Gary from Wickham posted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, seriously though, what I've read online is that you know the serious doubts of of a, of a fifth, well, fifth film. Things like that have got to generate money, aren't they? And if they don't generate, if money, they're not making no the money that was there, expecting. Yeah. Um, and and a studio. I mean, so Matrix Matrix Resurrections could have made a hundred million profit, but when the studio are expecting four hundred million or hmm. three three hundred, four hundred, five hundred million, when they're expecting that sort of profit, and it's not hitting that, even though it has made a big tidy profit because it hasn't made the what they're expecting that the, the straight away the world we're not going to put the money mm. in for you know f- for future films yeah yeah uh so right now scott's going to check this out <laughs> <laughs> but this is what i've read anyway that no, I've, no, i'm I've, checking out which it's made so far I, I, i'm I've, i'm led to believe that there's not going to be a fifth film mm. and you can see what they was doing with this film resurrections that it looks like they were setting up a new trilogy it you know you, you could have quite easily seen that it, it's wraps it's wraps some sort of story up it's wrapped up um in this this film it's quite um all structured and all put the way it's all put together it's very very clever very good film and it's it's stories all all told in one one part however that being said you could quite easily have let it's it's left that it could quite easily be turned into into the start of a new mm. trilogy so it's quite clever how it's done as we stand at the minute, so it cost 190 million to make, and as of the 21st of January, it had only recouped 140 yeah, worldwide so at, the, at the box office. So it's still yet to make a profit. Yeah. So well, off the back as of you that, say, yeah. a five dollar profit to these companies is as bad as a loss, isn't it? Yes. You know they're looking yeah. for when you're investing 200 million in a film, they you're looking to, for 500, yeah, 600 back. So, yeah. So yeah, you, you would think. Well, I, I'm not going to say that you. Again, I've not seen it, so you yeah. know I'll, I'll check it out. But I'm not going to say you won't see the Matrix again. But you might find that you see Matrix it through some like HBO Max series or maybe so. Yeah, some you, other you form know, of and media that kind the, of thing. There's talk of that. There, there won't be another Matrix Five, but there might be yeah. a, a spin-off of it. Yeah, yeah. 
And the spin-off that they're talking about is the character of Bugs that's in it, who's right. a new character, and the character of Morpheus. Uh-huh. Now, again, I'll try not to spoil the film, but I will give something away that it's not actually Morpheus. We, 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 I think I've said this before that, you know, uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character's not in it. He, he doesn't come back to play the character of Morpheus. Um, it's somebody else who's playing him. And the fact is, he's not actually Morpheus in it. Mm. He's just called Morpheus, which... and. <laughs> You can see why they've done that and the way that it's written, why they've done that. But for me, it was just, that was just, you didn't need that. Mm. You know, so there's elements of this film that, as much as I enjoyed it and it was a good film, there were certain parts that didn't work. Now, if you're a big fan of of the, of the series of films and you're going in there and you're expecting a certain something from it, you're probably not going to get it. Mm. Um, it was a, this, this, this whole Matrix, Matrix Resurrections, I think it was a case of, again, this is, I'm not, air quotes on that um the the studio wanted another matrix film lana wachowski had an idea for a film and but she only did it on her own so it wasn't both of them that did it and she she came up with the idea and she's i think it's written by her and ooh right this is it um i might be wrong it might be just check it out for a scope it's is it robert mitchell that's wrote it, who, who wrote cloud atlas mm, david with, mitchell david mitchell sorry david mitchell um and she's again, so she's working with David Mitchell, who wrote the story of Cloud Atlas, which they made into a film in 2011, 2012. And she's working again with Tom Twyker, who made, who was co director on Cloud Atlas. So, you know, there's quite a, a partnership there. Mm. Um, but this isn't a Wachowski's film, it's only it's the, those that have made it. It's got a good story, it's got, it, it's clever what they've done, they've taken it and they've really twisted it on itself. But it references itself, and it references mm. Warner Brothers. Self-awareness. And it's sort of, it's it's so it's the way it starts out is is that Neo um, Thomas Anderson is now a graphic is a games designer, and he's he's fed up in his life and he's this monotonous life, and he carries on, but he, something doesn't quite quite seem right about it, and he works for a big games company, and they're making a new Matrix game. So straight away you're like, well, what you know, well, that, you know, and. It's clever in what it does, but it's also referencing the fact that the Matrix has been before. Yeah, yeah. And and it's not so much that the Matrix was a trilogy of films, but the original Matrix films were a trilogy of games that he's designed. Oh right. So okay. it's it's done in that in that respect. Mm. Um, but he keeps having like deja vu, keeps seeing elements of. This is like proper spoilers for Matrix Four. <laughs> no, this is just setting up the story. Also, it's not the review episode of Matrix Four. <laughs> no, but I'm just setting up the story for it. So yeah, so I'm just setting up the story for it, right? And that's what happens. And in that, it is it is clever, and it's got a clever twist to it, and mm. it's got a very clever story to it. It's got loads of action in it, and it's all set up. You're watching the film, and it's like this is like a trilogy. This is like what the the, the original trilogy of films did. The, the the original three films did in one film. So there's it's there's there's a lot of story in there. There's a lot of content in there, and there's a lot of special effects. Mm. It is quite good. I, I went in expecting it. Well, off the back of the reviews, this isn't going to be very good, and I was quite surprised. Yeah. I was re- really impressed with it. Um, and I think that's the sort of thing if you go in there maybe not expecting the world you, you you know you probably appreciate what you get and mm. it's it's good it's a good film the, uh, i mean just... i think that i think that's the problem i think there's a lot of hype coming into this film and i think that's probably what what's maybe done it the it's only thing is i overhyped. think that's i think that's an easy thing to say about things isn't it and we're not seeing it 
So I, I can't yeah. comment on the film, right? But that, I could fully understand, like, we'll just we'll briefly just spend a minute on Scream and, and Ghostbusters, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. But we went into Ghostbusters not expecting a lot because what had come before was giving you that, and, and that as a franchise is not, it's kind of like just dwindled away yeah, in, in, yeah. in essence, right? The Matrix has such a big fan base and there's so much like lore and extra animations and comics and things like that, isn't it? That'd be like yeah, saying yeah, like yeah. The, your next DC or your next Marvel or your next Star Wars film. It's like, well, if you don't expect much, it's going to be good. I think some properties have to carry that weight of expectation, don't they? You yeah, don't put I, two, I get what you're saying. You don't there. put $200 million into a film for, to then market it as like well don't expect a lot guys and you might have a good time i'm not even good i'm just you know just saying i think that's why it's been critically canned because you probably have to with some of these films they have to meet their expectations well, maybe it's they? a case of that if you're a big fan of the series this maybe does let you down i'm not sure yeah, I mean, yeah. all i know is me personally and I, that's... I, I wasn't expecting the world I, yeah, like, yeah when yeah. this first came out i thought this looks brilliant and we're going back to the matrix and it looks fantastic and the original <coughs> film i was a big fan of two and three i wasn't so we'll, we'll go in and we'll see it. Mm. And then the more I saw the trailer the, or the variations of trailers that came out, I thought, this looks really good, this. I, yeah, I quite fancy this. And then when I've read all the reviews or, or heard so much about it that it's mm. not it's not delivered and it's not been very good. And, you know, the more and more negativity it had, I, I thought, well, maybe, maybe it's going to be rubbish. But I've promised to take Ben to see it. Mm. So that's why... Oh That's yeah, like I, I say, I watch it. it myself. I'm not, I was, you know, and I was impressed. Not I having a pop that. You know, I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get all the negativity that it mm. had. Yeah, it doesn't work. Certain levels, it maybe don't work. Like I said, like the character of Morpheus and things like that. But the, the story, the story is good. And and I've always said, if you've got a good story, then you you know you, you're halfway there, right? You and you're, you're going story. into that film. Not expecting anything. Yeah, yeah. Right? So and that's what I'm saying. And yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. What I'm saying is, universally, you can understand why it's maybe been really disappointingly received. It'd be like if Shang-Chi had come out and been terrible, you could never have said, well, yeah, but it's Shang-Chi, no one's really going to be interested because there's such a previous 20-odd films that have delivered at box office. So you've, I, th- I feel what I'm saying is with studios and filmmakers and things like this, with franchises of this size, you have to get them right um, and unless you're willing to face that universal universal criticism don't you do you know what i mean yeah i know what you're saying yeah, yeah. but yeah. if you if like i say if you're willing to go into it not expecting anything which i will go I into it and not expect anything i might enjoy it i also think <laughs> that it's very it's a very complex story and um sorry in the same Continue. way that, that uh <laughs> you okay in the same way that tenet was um a very complex complex story and a lot of people didn't like it for that like you, you couldn't just sit there and watch it you know yeah yeah you, you had to really think about it and i think there was elements of that mm. in this film so maybe I mean, it's like tenet i love it <laughs> <laughs> no but may, maybe it's a case of that as well mm. that you know it's 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 complex in its way you know it's it, I, I enjoyed it i thought it was a good film i thought i thought there was uh, there was a lot of nostalgia in it as well mm-hmm. so maybe Maybe it's that with me. Maybe it was the nostalgia of the the original film Maybe. that was thrown in there. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought for for what it was, I didn't think it was as bad as what mm. people made out. I thought it was quite good. I, I will okay. check it out. Yeah, and I'll let you know what I think. Yeah. Um. Okay. So that's a good twenty minute opening on the Matrix. Yeah. There. <laughs> well, so, quick touch base. Oh, go on. Yeah. No, you wanted to talk about the other two films that we saw. Yes, yeah, so I was just yeah. yeah quick touch base. Uh, Scream. Um. I'm probably in that boat that you are in for Matrix that I was with Scream. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I have. Seen the other screen films, 
Um, the previous four films, I could probably, I couldn't probably tell you which was which. You know, like from things that had happened in them and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I thought the fifth one was all right. It was just, well, it was a, this, co- a, a yeah. comedy slasher type film. However, you like you, you might elaborate on this a little bit more. I felt it was a dated concept, poking fun at the fact that it's a dated concept but then continuing to be a dated concept which is really silly really and i think they probably missed an opportunity to like rebrand it all a little bit in not reboot necessarily but like just put a really unique spin on on it in some capacity and change it so it was what it was i saw it twice just by circumstance i didn't actively seek out to go and see it again you wasn't a fan though was you no i was completely the opposite now i am a fan of the original film um so the the we walked out and we discussed this slightly, didn't we, when we came out? And I think the the thing was that the film was aimed originally when the the first film came out in '97. I was the target audience that that film was aimed at, and it worked, and it was something new, and it 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 sort of re kickstarted the the slasher genre, if you like, the horror horror um, side of it. That you you ended up ended up getting all these films that followed it, like. Um, Urban Legends, and I know what you did last summer, and then you you, you saw the rise of um, uh, <coughs> you had Freddy versus Jason, so you it brought those characters back, and and um, the Michael Myers, you saw Halloween Resurrection, Halloween H two O, that sort of thing. These were hot off the heels of this, so it did do something for the horror genre, if you like, um, and that was all from the, from that first film, Scream. Um, you also saw the parody of it with Scary Movie. Uh, the scary movie side, which was again really good at the, good at the time, really funny, but which really did put fun at that that original film. But the, the first film, Scream, uh, I'm a big fan of it. Scream Two, I enjoyed as a sequel. It was the usual typical horror sequel, if you like. And then by the time we got to the third film, I thought it was it was okay, but I thought it wrapped up all the story. Um, 2011, you saw um, Scream Four. And that's what I thought they tried to do with that. Well, it's a new generation. We're going to redo it again, a new generation. And that's pretty much what they did. And you had a little twist ending there. By the time we've come to this film now, um, we're talking, what are we now, 25 years later, 24, 24, 25 years later now, that the, this film, you know, let's let's see what, what it's going to bring. And, and again, are we going to get that nostalgia trip, which, which is sort of, you, you get a little bit of that. This film for me, I went in there with really big expectations that, you know, I was such a big fan of the original film. It was aimed at me. Let's, you know, this is going to be good. Going to get that nostalgia trip, which is what I've just said about uh, The Matrix, which you got in that. The Matrix worked for me. This one didn't. It really, I felt really let down with this. I felt it was really poor, really poorly put together. I just, there was just nothing about it that I really liked. Um, they hadn't reinvented themselves in any way, shape or form. They, they came up with the, uh, the term, um, what was it? Uh, not a reboot, not a sequel, but a requel, oh, a requel which, which yeah. I just laughed at in the... No, I did, didn't I? <laughs> you I actually did, yeah, yeah. I actually laughed out loud at, at that. Um, and it, it just didn't work for me. It really didn't work. Um, the the characters in it, the character development, every, there was just nothing there. Um, it, I mean, if you're going in watching, wanting to watch another Scream film, then obviously that's what you're going to get, but... For what the original film did, and maybe even the sequel, I think now it's just tailored off onto Friday the Thirteenth Part Twenty Seven. Mm. You know, it's that sort of thing now. This this scream, and and like you said, there it was poking fun of that, mm. and ultimately that's what it was. It it wasn't 
it, it tried to rebrand itself as something else and I don't think it did that in any way, shape or form. It just went down the same route mm. that the original film had done. And by the end of the film, that nostalgia trip that you started with at the very start of this of this film had, had gone for me. Um, and in terms of when you look at The Matrix, what that had done, that had used that nostalgia, but it also tried to reinvent itself yeah, adapt and, it. and, yeah. and adapt it. And, and it gave you like a little twist in there as well. Whereas this didn't, the, the you know, the... And again, I won't spoil who the the actual killer is. Um, but the the twist in that, I just was like, well, that didn't really work. And and we let me just say that that <coughs> what got me was you, you pointed out there was so many things that was wrong with it. There's so many faults of of like somebody getting stabbed, and then in the next scene, you know, one scene they, they got stabbed in the hand, and the cat the cat hook, mm. the cat stand up, and the cat walk, and things like that, you know, which obviously as you would be. By the end of the film, they're taking on a killer. Mm. You know, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It was just really, really bad. Um, that's what I was just it just didn't work for me. Yeah. It really didn't work at all. That's what I was going to say. Two things. It's funny you reference Scary Movie, because like I'd actually, I'd subconsciously noticed it the first time I yeah, watched it, and then yeah. you highlighted, you was like, because like opening scene, or whatever, it's the typical scream opening scene. But yeah, the killer gets like the door pushed in his face and it's it's almost got like a bang sound yeah. effect to it. Like you might have found in like a scary movie yeah. when they like spoofed that the killer it's, was It's like the original clumsy. Batman film where like... Dun, yeah, dun, yeah. Like, the, you know, the, 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 the noise and, and stuff like that. And wham and, but, yeah. just, so, so yeah. that was stupid. And also, I thought um, Dewey and Courtney Cox's character, uh, Gil Weathers, I thought they were like closer to the parody versions of them from Scary yeah. Movie than the... Because yeah. obviously yeah. in Scary Movie, they really ham up the parody versions of them, don't they? Yeah. Again, yeah. It, just everything to me was leaning more towards that. But there was one thing that really annoyed me. And, it, and I'm not I'm not like a massive like critical person when it comes to films. I like to discuss stories and things like that. But I, and I really do enjoy visuals and stuff like that. But I don't get into like the framing of stuff unless it's like a big epic or all like that. But I always get really wound up when you see, and I think I referenced it a long, long time ago about Venom 2. You know when the film conversations between characters and they have to do it obviously in two takes so you can yes. see both characters yeah, yeah, speaking. Yeah. It always hits me in the face when you see characters talking from one angle when their voice actually isn't in talking and they've obviously just used uh, that yeah, shot yeah, for a yeah. face, right? So in Venom 2, um, Stephen Graham's character is talking to Tom Hardy's character and on one of the shots, it lingers on Tom Hardy's face, and Stephen Graham's character is clearly talking for about three seconds, and there's no noise because there's no conversation. Yeah. So l- little things like that annoy me, and there was a couple of times where that happened, not massively in this, but and I'm not going to spoil who the killer is, but slight spoiler. So if you if you're really interested in Scream, like just skip forward five minutes, and then we'll be doing Christopher Nolan. <laughs> so stick around for that. But um. When the killer is revealed, the physical build of the killer dis- match, did not yeah. match any of the killers in this film. And the expectations of what that killer would be able to do did not match the physical build of yeah. the killer. And that and that's that's sloppy and lazy. It was just la- it? lazy. You know, that writing I like, thought the full thing was. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, again. Spoilers for Sixth Sense, which if you haven't seen that by now, where you've been, right? But yeah. the the twist in Sixth Sense, I won't say the twist, but the twist in Sixth Sense, once that's revealed and you go back and watch it from the beginning, everything still marries up, but you yeah. see everything yeah. with a different light. 
you can't go back to the beginning of Scream and know the killer this is. You scream, yeah. And the newest Scream, sorry, yeah. and know the killer is, and then think, well, hang on a minute, how could how could they realistically have done that? Like, yeah. like lifting characters above their head, you know, stupid things like that. I'm exaggerating yeah, yeah. slightly, but but anyway, that's that's bad about. So that that was Scream. I don't think neither of us were blown away by it. You won't be rushing no, out. No, I was really, again, I was really right? let down by it. Really. Yeah, I think really, he was you really more than me because you yeah. had more of a link yeah. to the original, didn't you? Yeah, and, really, really let down. And just briefly, we had a emergency visit to cinema I did anyway because yeah. you and Ben was off to see Ghostbusters Afterlife weren't you one night with, and a, with a 10 minute call like 10 minutes do you want to come <laughs> but and you're glad you did I'm so glad I did because I have I've seen the first two Ghostbusters I didn't see the the, the all the, female one yeah Um. but I don't really have a, a horse in the race for Ghostbusters like, they're alright the first two yeah. films you know they're not my era are they and, and that kind of thing but I was so so pleased with this film I thought it was a really strong, like, Stranger Things vibe. Yeah. And I really love Stranger Things. So that that was really cool. Um, I thought the performances in it were awesome by the younger cast. I thought all of yeah, them did a really yeah. good job. Um, and you could maybe just briefly go into it a bit, bit more than me, but I thought the way they handled um, the, the member of the, the crew. The passing of Harold Ramp. Yeah, yes, yeah, I thought they, they did well to, to do that and make it not a token gesture, which would have been fine. Yeah. To actually have it as a integral part of the story and how they weaved it in, and I, I really would recommend if you've if you're remotely interested in the Ghostbusters films or you've never seen them, watch the first two because I feel that's important. I feel if you haven't seen the first two, you yeah, need to watch. Yeah. You need to watch them. But this this is a definite sequel to those. Definitely, yeah. 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 Grand through the first two because they're a little bit old now, aren't they? And stuff like that. But watch them. And then you will really, really get something from Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> um, Grant through them. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, well, they are dated, though. They are dated, yeah. yeah. Um, and they are dated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. they are dated. But um, I've got a lot of affection for both both the original Ghostbusters yeah. films. Again, because I grew up in, in, Although in that era. I feel era. I watched the cartoon. I feel, obviously, the Ghostbusters cartoon. I used to watch the cartoon, cartoon as well. I have a feeling. The, and I used to collect the magazines. Yeah, as well, so I have a yeah. feeling that I used to watch a bit of the cartoon. But anyway. You probably watched it with me. I've yeah. probably got you on some when, when you were younger. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I grew up with the uh, with the with the cartoons, with the with the films. Uh, I'm really a big fan of the Ghostbusters films. Was a little bit let down by the the all female um, version a few years ago because I thought it, I thought it, what was that called? What was its subtitle? That one? Um, I'm not actually sure. No. You'll have to, you just you'll check it out. I, I mean, I'm not going to go down that road and say why I was let down. I will say one thing: I was let down by it um, simply because. I thought it did the a similar, yeah, the similar vibe as the Starsky and Hutch, um, Starsky and Hutch being a, a TV show from the seventies, and then in two thousand and two, I'm gonna say, um, we had the Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller film, and it was just a slapstick comedy film. It was just called Ghostbusters. Just called yeah, Ghostbusters. Yeah. yeah, we had this slapstick comedy film that just I think for me didn't really honor the memory of of that original film and didn't really do any justice to it, and I thought that's what the female version did. Um, I didn't think it really it just it, it was not needed whereas this one I think what it's done is it's gone back obviously it's a sequel um, and it's gone back <coughs> to the origin of the original film and I think what it's done is it's it's honoured that memory and um, you had a little bit of a nostalgia trip on this film again like all these these three films that we've said there there's that little bit of nostalgia in it um, but it, there was, you could tell that there's a lot of love and affection to those original films and in in the same sense that 
it, it's very similar vibe as uh, what the new Cobra Kai series is doing. That it's made by people that are obviously big fans of the yeah, film. Yeah. Obviously, this was made by written and directed by um, Jason Reitman, who was Ivan Reitman, who was uh, son who he actually grew up on the set of the original Ghostbusters. He was on that set as mm-hmm. a child, um, watching his dad direct the film, and you could see. I thought you could see that element in this film that there was a lot of probably a lot of personal history there, a lot of, you know, what, what he'd done, mm. you know, as a child, these people that he'd interacted with. Yeah, and, yeah. That. and I thought it was really good. I thought it was a really, really clever film, really good. And it honoured the memory of Harold Ramis so, so well. And again, there's no no spoilers here, but if you're a fan of the original mm. film, go watch oh, this. Yeah, definitely, You've yeah. got to watch it. You've got to check it out. This it might really be the good. best. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. The best, uh, like, example of honouring somebody Oh yeah, I think I've seen. I've I've not got many that come to mind. I think of like the way they did um, Layer and Grandmaster Tark, is it? In, yeah, Moff Tarkin. Um, yeah, yeah, in, in Rogue, Star Wars, in Rogue, Rogue One, One and things like that. But this was classic. So yeah, no spoilers. Like you say, Stephen, just, yeah. just go and see it if you're a fan of the, and, the original. And what was really good about it was you stood, you stood there, you sat there watching it, and we sort of. I'm thinking. How on earth did they do that? Mm. And and it works so well. It was so good, yeah. so good. So you know, even even if you just watch it for just the out scenes, of interest, just the out scenes of that, were, yeah, yeah. that were sort of referencing there and how they do mm. them, it's worth it for that. But as a, like Scott said, as a as a Stranger Things, it has that sort of vibe mm, of it about yeah. it, and it works really well. It's really good. Yeah, it's a good film. So they they were the three that films that we sort of cinema, three, cinema recently. Cinema releases, and, yeah, uh, I mean. You know that we haven't really done a review episode of each of each one of those, but this is sort of tidy up. Slightly. Yeah, we'll yeah. combat the two. It's not no yeah. problem. Okay, right. So, so let's into that. Then. Let's dive in. <laughs> so yes. so thank you for listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so let's go for it. So, if you are still sticking around, <laughs> yeah. Um, Christopher Nolan's Inception versus Interstellar. I remember when we first picked these, we was like, "Oh, that's going to be like a." Two and a half hour yeah, long episode. Long. We didn't anticipate talking about Matrix Four, <laughs> Scream, and Ghostbusters for half an hour before it. Yeah. But never mind. Um, so we'll, in typical episode fashion, we'll start off with Stephen running through some uh, budgets, some review scores, and and things like that, and then we'll just dive straight in. I think I think what might be worth for this one is maybe not because because the, these are two meaty films, right? Yeah. So I think what we might do is just do it ever so slightly different. I know we've got your DC link and, and stuff like that in there as well. Um, but we might just do it slightly different, where between us we just top-level the plots of birth. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then just literally just have a chat about them birth. Because I feel if we spend... We could if, go really in-depth about this. If you get into the... I, I, I if don't think we will go in depth. I don't think we will. No, I'm not, I'm not no, saying I was that. But this last night. But yeah. I, I just want to give birth films an equal opportunity to have a discussion. And I feel if you get too lost in the weeds in some of them... You're maybe going to miss out the other. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I think we'll, we'll do that. But anyway, you've got a few budgets and, and reviews and things like that. You got them at hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll, yeah, we'll go with Interstellar first. So the budget for Interstellar was estimated at. Yep. It was estimated at 165 million, uh-huh. and its worldwide gross was 701.729 million. You know, I was going to guess that. I was going to guess 701 million. I just found out. I didn't, I didn't ask it. Okay, then. Right, well, if you're in the guessing mode. I'm already joking. Oh, no, no, no. If you're in the guessing mode. That, I, can't believe the, I can't believe that's what it grossed. I what? can't believe that's how much it cost to make. That's what I was just going to... I was checking. Yeah, but there's so many practical effects, weren't there? There was no... There was, there was no seat. All of it was real. Was just the say, whole no film CG. was real. 
We actually went yeah. to uh, to Saturn. Um, there was there was not as much um, CG in the yeah. in the film. Uh, there was so so much of it was practical, mm. practical effects. It's quite an open. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Inception then. So the budget was 160 million. Um, uh-huh. So they five million less. Wow. Um, what do you think that grossed? I think it was less on more. I think it was more. I mean, ooh, oh, ooh, I mean, this, this, could, this could come back and it looks stupid, but I'm going to say, was it over a billion? No. <sighs> I looked stupid. <laughs> um, no, I'm going to, I'll tell you what, I'm going to retract that statement. I'm going to go 680 million. No, it was 836.836 million. It was nearly 837 million. Not far off that. That's, that's crazy. Crazy money, that, isn't it? It is. And that's in 2010. Yeah. That's That's pretty good, that. But it was what, a big hit. Was what big... came out after Interstellar then from Nolan? Oh, you, you're testing me now. Was it um, Dunkirk? Dunkirk. I can't remember. It'd be, it'd be Dunkirk and yeah. Tenet, weren't it? That'd yeah, be, that'd Dunkirk be it. and Tenet. Yeah. I can't remember what Dunkirk made. Because, not, again, not to not to dive too deep yet, but Interstellar's critically not loved as much as Inception, is it? Yeah, that's right, yeah. And it'd yeah. be interesting to see what the box office of Dunkirk was. Because mm. to me, I thought Interstellar was going to be a lot less. I mean, don't, don't, not massively that, but because, because to I, be fair... I don't know why I'm going into my book, because it was last season. because no, we've got that. Of course, <laughs> yeah. But Dunkirk... I'm looking at my, my notebook here. Yeah. <laughs> season two I've got. Yeah. But Dunkirk <laughs> is a very different film, isn't it? So yeah. I feel there'd have been an audience that Interstellar attracted that maybe wouldn't have gone to see Dunkirk. So that's a, it's a mute point, really. So go on, carry on then. So both, both make well, a fair bit well, of money, don't they? Well, I carry on. Scott's going to I'll, have a, I'll just have a curiosity, yeah, just have a look at what... Because I know Tenet didn't do very well, no, did it? No, just remember, so, I picked my phone so, up and you picked yeah, your tablet up. You've got to slowly... Probably, <laughs> the way Scott works, there's probably more chance of finding it before I've written Dunkirk. Um, Go on then. Yeah, so... Uh, Interstellar 2014 against Inception 2010. Uh, that's the budgets for them. So looking at the quick, quick rundown of the scores... Um, again, I was. I'm always surprised by these scores. If I'm honest with you, but Interstellar scored eight point six on IMDb, as opposed to Inception, which scored eight point eight. I thought they'd be like nah, nine point two is like that. But just go back and listen always, to the last five episodes where I always yeah. say the same thing about this. And team, I always yeah. say this, yeah. <laughs> Anything um, above like seven and a bit is deemed as like a a good score. Yeah. Well, Anyth- I looked how many people have actually voted yeah. on this. So one point seven million people on IMDb. Mm. Uh, for Interstellar and 2.2 million on IMDb for Inception, uh, in, incidentally, and one of the 1.7 million on Interstellar. Oh, did you vote? Did you do this Because I didn't even realize I, at some point <laughs> I voted for it and I was checking out. I was like, well, you voted for this. Anything above eight <laughs> yeah. is like, we've done something right. Anything above 8.5, you you know, there's not many that are above yeah. nine. Yeah. But anyway, go on. And season three, I will be saying the same thing again. Um, yeah, and Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so Interstellar and Rotten Tomatoes was seventy-two percent, uh, an audience score of eighty-six, and Inception was eighty-seven percent with an audience score of ninety-one. Mm. Bit of a difference in both those as well. Um, but yeah, that's where we are with with both those films. Um, quick rundown of the cast of them both: uh-huh. uh, Matthew McConaughey uh, playing Cooper in um, Interstellar. Alongside Anne Hathaway, Jessica Chastain playing Brandon Murph, uh, the old, older version of Murph, uh, Tom, his son played by Casey Affleck, uh, the younger version played by um, Timothy Chalamet, mm-hmm. an early role for him, uh, young Murph played by Mackenzie Foy, and old, old spoilers here, but old old <laughs> Murph played by Ellen Burstyn. 
Um, Professor Brand, played by Michael Caine, who also pops up in um, Inception. <laughs> in every Nolan film. Uh, yeah, every Nolan <laughs> film. The last eight films. Um, yeah, he plays um, plays uh, Professor Brand um, and Hathaway's father in it, in this in this film. And then if I just sort of jump over, that's a nice link to uh, Inception. So we've got Michael Caine playing again in that. He plays a small part uh, in that as Miles. Uh, we've got Pete Postlethwaite as Morris Fisher, uh, Marion Coltard as Mal, uh, Tom Berenger as Browning, which Tom Berenger is a, a, a film, film star from the 80s, which I don't mm. think you would have no, really no, referenced. No, no, but, no, yeah. no, um, Fisher, pl- uh, Fisher's son, played by Celine Murphy, again, who carries on the, the Nolan vibe. Of, yeah, he pops you know, up in a few, doesn't he? he? I think he's he's been in about eight of his films as well. Mm. Um, and then uh, Ames by, to- uh, again, Tom... Um, Tom Hardy, mm-hmm. another another uh, regular actor who works with uh, with Nolan. No mask this time. No mask yep. this time. No. Uh, Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio's Cobb, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Arthur, um, Elliot Page, as she's now known as. Um, Ar- is it, oh, Ar- how do you say her name? Ariande. Oh, we'll go Ariande. Yeah, I've got that wrong. Um, it's your, your Ken, book. Ken Watson. <laughs> Ken is uh, a Sato. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, quite quite two big cast there. Yeah, definitely. And then yeah. obviously the surprise entrance in Interstellar of um, the person who was not even referenced in the film. Yeah, well, which, which we'll, we'll give a spoiler warning in, we'll in a minute. A little bit later yeah, yeah, on, yeah. But, which I thought was fantastic when I first mm. time I saw that. But yeah. So DC Link, have you got a DC Link? Uh, no, I couldn't think of anything. So, <laughs> um, yeah, obviously the the DC Link there is. Well. the the big DC link. The big DC link is... It's a bit like of a Christopher Nolan type DC link. Yeah, the Christopher it's, Nolan link. Because he is the yeah. DC link, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the link obviously being uh, DC, DC link in this... in this. I've been quite lazy. I just didn't really... Didn't do any research <laughs> or anything. Because it was not so really obvious. complex one for this. Yeah, 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 so obvious, this one. I didn't have to trail into the 1960s of uh, <laughs> the original Batman films for this one. But yeah, uh, Christopher Nolan's trilogy of the, the Batman films... Uh, Michael Caine and Cillian Murphy who are, uh, appear in all three of the films. Uh, Joseph, because uh, obviously Cillian Murphy comes back in cameos. In yeah, the, yeah, yeah. In the second and third film. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Tom Hardy and Anne Hathaway who all appear in the third mm-hmm. film. And obviously the music by Hans Zimmer. So that was the big ceiling there. It's funny, isn't it? Like you said, um, I don't think... So I've done it, a full it, series? yeah. So we're going to reference this in the, well, in the on, last just, one, but yeah, I'm just going to say, series there. I'm quite pleased with myself with this. But you yeah. say you've been lazy, but that's probably the most coherent DC link out the lot, and you didn't yeah, have to lift, yeah. a th- lift a finger <laughs> to find it, did you? Because yeah, like you know, it's such there. a meaty yeah. link there. Um, all right, so like I say, are you happy to do it like that? Because normally we would yeah, yeah, dive into fine, one, yeah. the dive into the yeah, other. Yeah. But I feel these just we could just have a, a comparison and a chat about them both. Yeah, really. yeah, so, yeah. Um, well, I'll. I'll let you, have you got like a little plot summary? It looks like yeah, you've got yeah, a little yeah, right yeah, yeah, so you can, yeah. you can have a little chat about that in a minute. But what I would yeah. say is, um, first of all, we'll talk spoilers for these because I think the nature of Christopher Nolan's films are certainly these mystery type films are the, the ones where he has twists in his films. You can't talk about them on a review level without talking about the twists. So yeah. we'll spoil these films. I think, I think in all our podcasts, we always say there's, you know, there's, the spoilers here. If yes. you haven't seen them, what I found is from chatting to some like some of the people I work with who've listened to the podcast and things like that. You know, generally speaking, the the people other than people who follow this, 
the people who I speak to at work are, well, oh, I'll, I'll listen to that one because I like those two films. Yeah, because I've seen but, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but some of them will say, oh, I've only seen that one, but I'll give it a listen. And I've mm. said to them, well, maybe check that film out because we're going to go spoilers on yeah. it. And that's generally what we do, isn't it? But I would say with these two films, these are both excellent films with excellent stories and great twists and things. And, and even, do you not even necessarily the twists out of it, just, just great deep stories yeah. that yeah. you have to see. So, like, yeah. I would stick a recommend... I mean, one of these will make the... We've already discussed this, didn't we? we one of these will have to make the cut, which I'm sure yes. we'll get to the discussion in a minute. Or certainly come the end of it. And but... And if Scott doesn't pick the film out with the pick... <laughs> then I get be, the pick. There's going to be trouble. Because I'm, yeah. right. I'm not going that route now. I'm joking. Yeah, because Tom Hanks law. <laughs> to don't do that. look at me like, like what? Like, change the rules, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the... That these films are both... Amazing films. So I'm kind of just like apologising in advance that one of these won't make watch this, basically. <laughs> Both of these are amazing films. Um, so, go on, plot. Just a brief, yeah, yeah. brief um, rundown yeah, of the two so plots. I'll, I'll give you a plot, uh, plot of Inception. Uh, we'll go with that one first. So, um, basically, uh, basically. <laughs> uh, <Donald laughs> oh, Cobb. Two very complex films as well. So, these two, are, yeah, so you don't watch these com- while you're on your laptop. You've got complex, to watch yeah. these. Com- yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so a complicated uh, film, but no, we'll just I'll just give you a brief rundown. Uh, Dom Cobb is a uh, let's I'll, I'll it. right. So Dom Cobb is a thief uh, with the rare ability to enter people's dreams and steal their secrets uh, from their subconscious. His skills has made him a very hot commodity, if you like, in the world of corporate espionage. However, this has cost him dearly in the in the terms of a, the life of his wife, and um, has exiled him from his country. Uh, of origin mm-hmm. and he's lost his family he's lost his two children um he's offered a chance of redemption uh with a job by a rich businessman who wants him to plant an idea in the head of another rival businessman um uh, by going into his subconsciousness in in his dreams by going into his subconsciousness and planting this seed of an idea mm-hmm. there uh and basically he just sets about uh, recruiting the team of people to pull off the perfect crown so that's that's that's, that's a as, decent explanation. As, the, as clear as I sort of yeah. can make it, really. The idea yeah. being that he wants to stop him inheriting his dad's business, so that he can essentially take that spot in the market type thing. Yeah, break it, it down. Like that. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and seize control. Yeah, yeah. And this this rich businessman played by Ken Wattenby, mm-hmm. um, whose part was written in it. Really, uh, Christopher Nolan wrote him into the film or, or gave him a part in the film because he felt unfair that he's part in Batman Begins I think it was uh, he had a small part in that and he wanted to get another he wanted to give him another role basically so fair enough you didn't know that did I you? didn't know that yeah, that was, yeah, that was yeah, nice to know like that yeah, yeah. Good, that, yeah. good little fact there um, okay so that's yeah. Inception uh, give us a top level of, of Interstellar and right what okay then Interstellar the complex film that is Interstellar um, <laughs> right okay so set in the near future we find Earth is suffering from a global crop blight mm-hmm. um, which is giving off well it's not this isn't the reason why it's doing it but obviously we're getting dust balls and rendering of the planet um it's rendering the planet sorry uninhabitable uh-huh. um so we sort of fast forward a little bit and we found professor brand who works for nasa who are now smaller and um uh, practically like non-existent, of, isn't non-existent yeah, yeah. Aren't they? Uh, professor brand is working on a, a plans to save mankind by move, moving earth's population to a new home um via a wormhole that they found in space um, to another planet. Uh, Cooper, who's a former NASA pilot, who's now a farmer, uh, leads a small... He's, he's sort of requested or he's asked, he's, he's convinced into um, leading a small team of, of 
scientists mm-hmm. to go into space and go through the wormhole across the galaxy to find out which of three potential planets um, could now be a new home, home for, for mankind. Oh, for mankind, yeah, so yes. Yeah. Again, that's pretty much a rundown with, of the as film. you say, without going into the the nitty gritty of it and and things like that. But it's funny because both of those films, the you could argue the main plot is secondary, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, like both yeah. of those summaries that you've just said, there's so much more to both of the films. That, and that's that you, why I've said it yeah, like that, because... That you come back to, and all the bits a, that you're going to talk about. Yeah, no, 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 it was great what, great what you did. And that's what you've got to do, I think, for yeah. these. Because if you do go into... If someone said, oh, what's Interstellar about? And you just start to tell them the thing, it's going to Well, that's be... what I sort of did there with Matrix Res- Res- Resurrections. Yeah, yeah. That I sort of went right, you know, you sort of go oh, right no, the hornet's nest there. That's why I tried to give you a brief but description even, of them. But even yeah. more with these, if you start to talk about Interstellar, the, 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 the way that the characters are created and the... And same with Inception. Yeah. The way that the story unfolds and, and the, the journey you see the characters go on, that's what makes these two films. Not the fact that you can go into dreams... And not yeah, the fact yeah. that they're going to space. It's, you know, it's it's what that yeah, the, means for the characters. The, the in, in Inception, it's just sort of like it, it's second. It's almost dismissed, isn't it? It's, yeah, dismissed. It's just like a, a second secondary thought that it's just what they can oh, do. We're going, to, yeah. going to dreams now because it's you know? is it like and, a subtle line about? I, I thought the same with. We, I know we're not talking about that, but with Tenet. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That where we can just you know we can sort of. What do they call it? They, they actually call it something, don't they? That they can go through turn a turnstile or whatever. Through a turnstile yeah, yeah. and go backwards. Where did you get it from? Oh, it's like, d- d- delivered it. It's, it's, it's just there. It. Yeah, yeah. Know? And and that's, I mean, I suppose that's something really good about Nolan that he just, you know, I can write something really complex. I can write this complex film, but that's just a secondary thought, you know, wormholes and going into space. Yeah, and yeah. That, that side of it. Well, know, I feel you've just, got to. You've got to suspend a little bit of disbelief. Well, a lot of disbelief yeah, with, with disbelief, these yeah. films from a fiction point of view, but that's yeah. what fiction's all about. But I feel if you spend too much time setting out the rules, that can possibly hinder the the film, can't it? And yeah, and I think any other filmmaker would probably do that. Yeah, would that? You ever look at Looper? Looper yeah. maybe has a little bit of yeah. too yeah. much at times about the rules, and this can't happen because of this. And da, da, da. When really, this, it, it, Nolan's yeah, not, just accepts it, just, yeah. doesn't do that, does he? And I think that's maybe where people fall short with certainly with with Tenet that it wasn't well received with a lot mm. of people because it was so complicated. Yeah, yeah. But if you sort of put that complexity to one side, which I think I did the first time watching Inception, I didn't, and I, and I and I delved too far down the yeah, rabbit hole yeah. in that sense. That I was like, well, why is this and how was that? And hang on a minute, you know, and 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 the fact that it goes four stages into a dream, which uh-huh. is like wow, you know. Um, but I think if you sort of put that to one side, I, I, I certainly think both these films you've got to watch more than once. Oh, you've definitely. To, yeah, you know, yeah. And I think the same with Tenet. I've seen it twice. Mm. I'll watch it again before we sit and review it because that's got to be coming oh, up at some point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, we'll, we'll be looking at that. <laughs> but, but, you know, the the thing with Nolan's films is that you're always safe in the knowledge. You're always safe in the knowledge that he's going he's gonna to throw a very complex film at you. But I think you're also safe in the knowledge that he's going to entertain you with a with a very very good story yeah, and yeah. I think both these films again story is the key element for me and both these films have got a fantastic story to them well I always had Nolan down as because he's my favourite director yeah he's your favourite because I think yeah. I think I've seen maybe just not the early ones I think Memento onwards you've I've not seen Memento I've seen Memento oh, yeah, right, yeah. Okay. Memento onwards I've seen so he's, I think he's only got like smaller projects before Memento right yeah I think so yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Memento was like his first yeah. film yeah so I've seen all of his main films yeah and 
up to Dunkirk, he was in my head was like, oh, he's he's like a triple A premium yeah. M Night Shyamalan, like yeah. the twist guy. But it's class, you know what yeah. I mean? But even in Dunkirk, there's no twist in Dunkirk. It's just an excellent story, and delivers on telling you a, a snapshot of a of a of a story. And that's backing up what you say there. That, I, I he is such a good storyteller. In yeah, I, I watched um, an interview Quentin Tarantino did on YouTube, and he uh, which came out around the time of Dunkirk, and he said how much that I think I've said this before when we we spoke about Dunkirk, how much that he loved it, and I'm, I'm, maybe he didn't actually think about, but you know Tarantino, a big filmmaker, big you know again another another icon of icon cinema, of, of yeah. modern cinema, um, and how much he loved Dunkirk, and he said that the first time he watched it, he said it was about the third time of viewing it that. He actually realised there was a time, um, time delay and all, all and, yeah, and across yeah. all the film, and that's something that that threw me the first time I watched it. I was like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" And I think that is the twist in that, yeah, the way that it's done, you know, yeah, just that slight uh, variation on storytelling, yeah, I yeah. guess, isn't it? Yeah. It's like three stories all rolled into one, but mm. but told all a at the same time. time. I mean, it's funny time. Time's Time comes up for, a, for a lot with Nolan, doesn't yeah. it? You know, Memento, we won't go into that, but there's a twist in, in Memento about time. Um, as you say, Dunkirk, it's told across three different yes. time yeah. planes, if you like. Tenet, and, yeah. and obviously these and two. Yeah. I mean, even, well, Inception, it has time, there's a big part to it in the end, doesn't it, with the dreams. But I think it'd be quite cool, just from a discussion point of view. So that was the top level. Yeah. So like, just to briefly talk about like the ending slash the twist slash the 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 quick the quick route of where the way the film goes, and then we can talk in depth about some of the the key bits. Is that yeah, 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 yeah. It's okay. So, yeah. Interstellar, um, just to flip it around there. So Interstellar, um, as you say, uh, Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey's character Coop, Coop, yeah, he, um, Cooper, he gets recruited by NASA. A really cool little thing, which just just I completely forgot about, um. I'd love to see, I think there's a story to be told with Bidding Stella about what's come before Interstellar though. Because as you say, the world is, we're not in like post-apocalyptic or anything like that, but it's a desolate world of, there's no crop and, and things like that. But yeah, so when he goes to the school, there's also talk yeah, of that they've yeah. rewrote history and, and in, in, cause, changing the history books. Yeah, because yeah, his daughter is very bright, very intelligent. Whereas his son, he's, not that he's not bright, but his son's navigating down the path of being a farmer, yeah. going into agriculture, that kind of and, thing. And that's what they say, that they don't need any more scientists. Yeah. We need we need farmers. We need we workers need, to, know, for the because, world. Because basically the, this world that we live in now, this earth that we live in, we, we you know, we, we don't need any more technology. Yeah. We just need farmers because we haven't got enough food to survive. I just yeah. think that viewpoint's extremely interesting though because it, it, it's just a line that's touched upon, but... In a history book, they've cha- they've rewrote history that they didn't go to the moon yeah. to discourage yeah. people from wanting to be astronauts. And then, as you say, NASA is now folded. It's, like underground. And it's this underground yeah. secret organization almost. Yeah. And I just love to explore. Yeah, because because they talk about that they're still paying taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't they don't want people knowing that their taxes are actually going towards trying you know to, to science yeah, yeah. to try and find a way off the planet to try and find a way of surviving mm. that. And, you know, and Michael Caine's character says that you know, mankind was. You know, it might actually be. Um, it's John Lithgow's character in it. John Lithgow. 
one of the characters well one of the characters in the film says that you know mankind was never meant to survive this planet was always yeah. meant to to move on and move you know was never meant to die on this planet mm. yeah. oh actually no you might be right that might be michael Caines. i thought you were yeah. say something else because I, I was going to say about when he says on the porch don't he i didn't he, even reference john lithgow in, in the yeah, film john yeah john lithgow, lithgow yeah he plays a great part in this as well yeah because he Donald, references yeah, the grandfather yeah, yeah he references mankind as the mankind from the past but that's us yeah, because this yeah. is set. I, I don't know the year and, and it, whether or not it's actually referenced to an, a specific year, but you may be looking at thirty years in the future, right? You're forty years yeah, in the future, like so that, it's yeah. not. Don't get me wrong; it's not lost in space, space travel, yeah, or anything yeah. like that. It's still the Earth that we know. But yeah, it references that we just took technology for granted and we took we treat the world for granted. Yeah, we took it all for granted. But so yeah, so um, Cooper gets recruited to do go on this mission, as you, as you explained. Um, but we learn that through this mission, they're going to explore these black holes and there's three potential planets that they've found. Around this black around, hole, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, and the, they've already got... A, they're almost suicide missions, what people have gone on. Yeah. Because they essentially... They sent a team of scientists there already, yeah. haven't they? Or they sent, yeah, and a team to, and to, they've, to, to they've explore them all. They've honoured, haven't they, on their wall. Basically, that if they get to one of these places through this black hole that is inhabitable, they will stay there in stasis in, yeah. in frozen in time if you like but they will never be able to return because the actual length of time once you get through the black hole or whatever they will never come back yeah, yeah. so obviously they're never going to return I don't think they go through the black hole they go through the wormhole sorry yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But, that's what I meant but, but the way that he's we found this out towards the end yeah what yeah, we found yeah. out what we were told originally is Michael Caine tells him that he will return to his children yeah because I, I think if he, ultimately if he said that you'd never return to your children, he wouldn't have gone. But I feel that's discussed at, that's discussed around that table there when they first find NASA, because that's why they're on the wall. Because they're saying Oh that, yeah, sorry, the original yeah, team. The yeah. original team yeah. that's gone out yeah. has um they've gone to find these particular places yeah. that either if they're gonna be inhabitable they won't ever come back because it's took them too long to get there. Yeah, yeah. Or if it's not inhabitable, they're gonna perish because yeah, it's not inhabitable. Right, yeah. So really strong mission there strong message but yeah as you say as they go on the journey they find out that one of these two places three places that they're going to get to time uh moves faster on that planet and a lot of i won't go into the, the theory of it but there are a lot of theories around that kind of stuff but yeah so time moves faster on this planet and there's a an accident at at this planet which causes time to have in an hour maybe or whatever gone I think it's about um, 15, 20 years, isn't it? Something like is that. Is it one Earth day for every seven minutes or something yeah. like that? Or one Earth day for every 70 seconds or yeah. something like that, that they're on the planet? So, and something happens on there and they're, they're stalled there for an extra 20, uh, sorry, an extra 30 odd minutes or something like that. By the time they get back up, up into space, it's 23 Earth mm. years that they've lost. And yeah. they haven't got a direct stream of communication with Earth, they've only got delivered messages. So basically you see in this amazing scene of three or four minutes, you see Matthew McConaughey's son, who's now old and he's, he's had a child of his own who's died and then he's had another child. And his daughter, because she didn't want him to go, because she... Yeah, because they do know all that, because she references that, doesn't she? Because she says... Because he says to her when he, he goes, when yeah. I come back, you'll be the same age as I am. Yeah. And she, as a child, can't comprehend that and thinks he's basically just abandoning her. Yeah. And she doesn't leave any messages at all until the last one when she is, hi, Dad, it's, I'm now 
the age that you were when you left. Yeah. And and just and it's so, my birthday today. And yeah, you so heartbreaking. Be back today and, and I'm now actually the same age as you. And and it's oh, I mean, even like his son when 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 Casey Affleck is playing the, the older version of his son. So first off, you see Timothy Chalamet, and he's and he's. Which is which is really good because I read a little bit about this that um, he was a little bit disappointed at the time when he filmed this mm. because um, it was a big role for him. Yeah, and yeah. he filmed he filmed these scenes talking into the camera, and when he's talking, all the all you see is Matthew McConaughey's face. Yeah, and then there's a quick flashback to the camera where you see him point pick up a photo of his of his Lois, who was his uh, fiance. Yeah, girl, I've met a girl dad, and he's talking like this. And then it goes back, and he said when he when he first saw it, he felt a bit let down because he'd acted into mm. the, you know he said they've thrown everything into this yeah, into this role it. and you didn't really it's see right, it. Yeah. But it. But the way that it's done, it works. Yeah. you know, it's really clever. Um, but and then as he as these videos go on, like you say, you see a different actor playing him as he's older, and he's he's talking to him, and you know it's Casey Affleck now who plays him as he's older, and he's he's now obviously. Uh, his girlfriend's now his wife and they've got a little baby a little baby son called Jesse and he said I wanted to call him Cooper but you know Lois didn't think it was right mm. you know and, um, and this is Jesse and the, the high dad you were grandpa and the, the, the oh. oh Matthew McConaughey's face his performance in his film performance in it is absolutely yeah. beautiful really is beautiful yeah. and the fact that he breaks down and you know he's touching the screen sort of you know and he's waving waving to his mm. to his grandson he's he, in the space of Half an hour off off the spaceship, he he's now realised that he's his, lost his life flashing, his literally life. flashing before like his eyes. Yeah. Life flash before your eyes, and and trying to catch up on all these messages. And then the scenes, I think, is four minutes thirty four or four, four and a half minutes long. This scene, and you see all this, and then and then in the next scene, his son's there, older with a bit bit older with a beard now, yeah. and he says, um, "Grandpa died last yeah. week." Um, Meth. Oh no, that was I think it is says what Meth stole his car and crashed his car. And then it goes it goes forward and another scene you see is uh, another another video clip pops up and his son says, uh, Grandpa died last week. Um we you know, and you can see his son now's like distraught and yeah. and that hope's gone in his face that he'll ever see his dad again mm. and he's thinking, Why am I leaving these messages? And he even says that in the last one, doesn't he? Yeah, and he yeah, says yeah. that in the last message. Gonna, and, I've got to stop doing these. He says that grandpa died last week. We buried him next next to Jesse's grave. That his son's dad. Yeah. Oh, the, the, all this told in this four and a half minutes with this music in the background, this piece of music going mm. in the background. And then he says, I'm sorry, dad, you know, I hope you're at rest. We buried him here. This is where we would have buried you had you ever come home. Yeah. And, I'm letting you, you go. Know, Lois says it's time to let you go. And, and he's, you can see sort of Matthew McConaughey's face. He's, he's distraught at this point and he's sort of wanting him. No, I don't want you, you know, don't let me go. I'm still here. And boom. And it, and it, it finishes. And then the very last message, like he says, yeah. um, the older Murph played mm-hmm. by Jessica Chastain, who's, who says that, you know, I do have, it would have been really nice for you to come home today, dad, because I'm yeah. now, the, you promised me you'd come home. When I'm your age, when yeah, I'm your yeah. age, and and it is, it's fantastic. Ah. And then, and then, as that screen cuts off, boom, the music cuts. Mm. And I thought that was yeah, even that, just so well about made. it. Yeah, and he touches the screen, and yeah, just to rewind, realizes what well. he's lost. Yeah, oh, that it, yeah. scene is, and like, really, you did a really good ex- job of explain- explaining yeah. that. And it's even better than you explained. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, so, it's yeah. such a good scene. But just go back a little bit. We I'd slightly skated over it. It, um, it got me, cut me up that time. Oh, oh it does. No, I cry at this film, and there's yeah. loads of points in this film where I, yeah. I really break down to this. Yeah. It's such a good, such a yeah, good, good emotional so good. film. So good. Um, 
just go back to as he leaves. So um, prior to him leaving, and kind of prior to them discovering NASA, and it's kind of why oh that's why they end up discovering NASA because there's some strange going on in your house. So we have like you said these dust storms, and um, the there's when there's these dust storms, dust is coming through the windows and things like that. And there's this strange like lines that are appearing on the floor and there's some strange going on there's a there's a watch that clicks or at some point blah blah blah. But basically there's these strange going on that Mare thinks is like Morse code. It's some message of, of some form. Well first off she 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 there's there's some sort of anomaly in the room and uh, <coughs> the the reference it is a ghost. Yep. And she say I think she says something like um he, he walks in the room or something, she goes, oh, I thought he was my ghost. Yeah, like that yeah. to him, doesn't she? Which is quite clever, as you find later on in the film. But the, the they always class it as a hair ghost and the books fall off the shelf and it's all around this big bookcase, this massive bookcase that she's got. Like It's pre- pretty much like a full wall of books, mm. which again references how intelligent she is and, and yeah, she's yeah, obviously yeah. just into reading and you know she's a very, very switched on girl. And like you say, that they, they sort of realise that it's, it, oh, it looks like it's Morse code, this. Mm. And they start they start writing down the Morse code and and they work it out and that's that is initially the the um, coordinates it gives. That's them what I was going to say. NASA. Yeah, just to sorry. bring it back. No, yeah. sorry, my, my throat was going. I yeah, couldn't bring okay. it. I couldn't hold together. Yeah. You help me out. <laughs> um, yeah. So as you said, through dis- deciphering this code from yeah. this strange anomaly, um, they find they stop they find the underground NASA if you like, don't yeah. they? Yeah. And the reason that was important to reference is because we find out that once Merth has, has grown up, she's actually working with them yeah, because of how intelligent yeah. she is. And, and that that scene is so good because that's the first time, I'm just going back to the scene with the videos, that clip is the first time you see old Merth. Yeah. And when that clip finishes, uh, to, excuse me, to my understanding, it goes... It, it, it goes, goes into hair. To yeah, hair. To hair story. And then the story starts to, as old Merth, yeah. starts to through the discussions and things, we start to fill in the facts of what they're trying to do. So basically they are trying to finish the code that Michael Caine's, or the equation, sorry, that Michael Caine's character has been working on to be able to get the the ship that they've built off Earth to take it to this inhabitable planet. Yeah, and it it turns out that the the ship that they're in, it's like the actual base. Yeah, the HQ, headquarters, whatever. It's the base that they've created. So it's just like a sort of throwaway land that they've created this whole station that they can actually fly that into space. So I think that, like, a lot of the... a A lot of the things like that in the film that are just sort of just push to a side, yeah, yeah. you know, that, you know, the technology, the advancements in technology and things like that. But yeah, they, they can fly that into space and they've got the, the you know, getting into space is, isn't a problem. Because the first time I watched this film, I, I thought, well, if this earth is so bad and, and there's nothing there and how, how have they got this technology like that? Mm. But that's the point. The, the fact is the technology, the advancement in technology yeah, yeah. isn't an issue. It's just simply that the planet's dying yeah. and there's, there's no way of living You're on it. You're not going to be able to live on it. But, and, and like you say, sorry, yeah, like you said that the, the the she's working on this code with uh, Professor Brand, who's yeah. Anne Hathaway's father in it, Michael Caine, and um, he's said to to uh, Coop that you know if you get out there and you find you find this planet and you find the you know the, the possibility of three planets, find the right one. By the time you come back, I'll have worked out the everything I need so that I can get us up into space and get us there. Yeah, and that's what he's. Yeah. And the, oh, that's yeah, that's fine. And then they talk about Plan B. Yeah. If they can't do that, that they've 
they're going to send um, embryos and yes yeah. to, to to populate another planet, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. And so, kind of going off all over the place here because it does get you know you know in two time streams. Yeah, that's you know, right. Yeah, you're now again, talking again the yeah, term, yeah back to that. So switching back to Matthew McConaughey and, and Anne Hathaway on the journey, uh, they visit. Oh, when they first go into the black hole. Wormhole. Oh, the wormhole, sorry, I keep calling it. You know what I'm talking about. When they first <laughs> go into the wormhole, they, they see like a hand. It, it's like, it's like, uh, what's light speed in the Millennium Falcon? It's kind of, it reminded me of that. Like they get oh, yeah, dragged yeah. into like this yeah. tunnel, don't they? Um, but when they're doing it and it's like the turbulence, this hand comes through. Yeah. Almost. Did she, you just did see she the, to reach out to Yeah, touch she it. reached out to yeah. touch it and then they pull her back, like don't touch yeah. it because you don't know what it's going to do. Um. So you see like a, a figure almost or like a hand just about to come through and then it, yeah. it stops. But they visit uh, the water planet, which is the one where the time stuff happens. And then just help me out with the, because I'm, I'm, again, my throat's going, but when you come across, as you said, they go to another planet with another character that was not advertised yeah, so, to be in this film. So story. basically the, the, they've got like the <coughs> distress beacons from one of the planets. So they go, they've got a choice of three planets to go to. Uh, one of them, the it's, it's um, it's no good. There's two. Oh no, that's not right. No, sorry. They've got three planets that the no. They've got distress beacons on. They yeah. go to one of them, and the beacon's going off. But because of the because of the position of the planet near the what they call Gagantua, which is the big black hole that is right near. Wormhole. Because there's because this planet. Sorry. Wormhole. No, 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 no. They go oh, through the wormhole. It's doing it's a trick. No, yeah. no. They go through oh. the wormhole through. The, so the wormhole's placed <laughs> somewhere near Saturn. So they yeah, found yeah, this wormhole yeah, yeah. near Saturn. And that's what they used to transport. And that's what they used to the, transport yeah. to this other other point Galaxy, in time. Yeah, yeah. So they get through this other point in time. And they found it's, these three planets are, are very close. One of them, I don't know if one of them or three of them, but they're all close to a black hole. Mm-hmm. And the black hole, um, uh, because of the position of the planet, time moves differently towards a, towards a black hole yep. as what it does away from it. So the closer you get to it, the, the quicker time goes. So that's why on that planet, time's going mm-hmm. so many years. So, so they're there for maybe 30 minutes and they lose 23 Earth years yep. by the time they get back. Um, and so they go down to this planet thinking, you know, finding this distress beacon that this could be a really good planet. The girl, they go there, it's all water. And then they realise that the the wall, the big mountains that are in the background are actually a, a wave. <laughs> Waves, yeah. Awesome and, effects, by the way. Yeah. Like the and way it's that's a tsunami. Hit. It's like a tsunami tidal wave mm. that's coming down. It's going to hit them. And um, Bran's character wants to get the flight recorder box that's, uh, yeah. that's on the planet. And they've realised that they've landed near it but obviously because of gravity and because of being in water the cat moves quick and she's trying to wade through the mm. water to get to it and by the time she gets there one of the party um which i will tell you his name but one of the parties actually lost lost there he doesn't get there in time and he's killed and um it was oh, i can say the actor played in wes bentley yep. it, what, yeah 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 you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wes bentley because uh he was in oh what was he in um it's Doyle, played by Wes Bentley, because he was in American Beauty, and he was uh-huh. like, t- when that came out, he's tipped as being the next big Hollywood star. Oh, right, I don't okay. think it ever really, really happened. But um, anyway, so uh, which 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 shocked me. He, he popped up in this because I thought I hadn't seen him seen him in films for years. But anyway, um, and he doesn't. He gets killed on the planet, and they managed to get the flight recorder box. So they've lost one of the team. There's only a team of four of them, and they've lost one of them, and. 
they've, they've realised that the planet's no good and that mm-hmm. the, the transmitter's been going off. But because of the time delay, it's probably only been going off for maybe a couple of days or something yeah, yeah. like that on the planet. But because of the time delay, it's been... Oh, look, you know, they think it's 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 inhabitable. Yeah, and yeah. It obviously it's, isn't. It's yeah. clearly not, yeah. Um, so basically, that's that's what's happened there. So then the, they've got a choice of two more planets. That they, By the time they get back and we've had this time delay and we've seen what we spoke about earlier mm. about, you know, what they've missed and everything. And then they realise, well, there's two more possibilities. Um, there's Bran's pal- uh, planet. Is it Bran? Man. Sorry, Man. Yep. There's, another, there's two planets. There's one of them where... Um, and and Hathaway's character Brand has fallen in love, or she's 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 got emotional feelings towards the person who's on one planet, uh-huh. and then there's the greatest man scientist that they've ever had working for NASA who's on the other planet, and both beacons are going off, and they decide, well, she wants to follow. You her can heart. only go to one. You'll only have the capacity to You've go got to the capacity one, yeah, to, go, yeah. to go to one planet, and she wants to follow her heart and go to that one, whereas. Coop and the other, the other character on the on the ship, they, they all decide that, well, the only place we can go is that one because, you know, do you follow your heart? Do you follow yeah. your head? So they, they follow their head and go to man's planet. And when they reach there, they find it's, and it's so beautiful and breathtaking, oh, yeah, the scenery yeah. and everything. Like an ice planet, isn't it's it? It's like an yeah, ice yeah. planet, yeah. Um, um, we see man's stasis booth, it opens up and they get him out of it. Mm. And it's... Matt Damon. It's Matt Damon. Played by Matt Damon. Yeah. Which was really, really clever mm. casting that they, they cast Matt Damon in that. And he's, I don't think he's, he's well, I've looked on IMDb, he's actually got a credits, uh, he's credited as being in the film. Um, but in none of the marketing or anything, they've no, sort of no. left, that, left that aside, which was very clever. Um, I think, had he done about, around about the same time, he'd done The Martian. I think The Martian had come out. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know if it, it come might, out before it or the after The Martian it. was after it, I think. Was it after it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was very. That was very a good. bit of a shock, though. Yeah, a very good piece of casting, very clever to, to yeah, have a big, yeah. big uh, star like that it just crop up in the in the middle of a film. Um, and again, I think Nolan had done that because he didn't want to use him. And then, like like what I've said before, where you watch a trailer and you think, oh well, Matt Damon's going to pop yeah. up at some point, you know. <coughs> Whereas, Whereas that, and you also think, well, Matt Damon's a big name, so he must have a big part in it if he's in the trailer. Yeah. yeah. Whereas really, he's only just a small. That's right, yeah. in this, isn't yeah. he? Really when we say about small worlds, it's like Michael Caine. Michael Caine in yeah, Inception yeah. is only in three minutes of that yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in the marketing of it, his name's on the on the credits, <laughs> yeah. and this scene has been in the film. So, mm. you know, it's you know, in this sense, with Matt Damon, it's quite the opposite. Mm. You know, that, that's, what, that's what they've done with it. Really clever. But you find um, that he's not the nicest of characters either, though, is No, he? so, so we, we, we found Man, don't we, on this planet, and he's he's talking them through. Straight away, I thought, you, you sort of get that sort of sense of him, don't you? And, and, well, he's and a bit I, absent from reality, in a way. From he's, humanity, I yeah, think. He's, yeah, yeah. He's, it's more humanity that he's, he's just sort of brushes not, it aside. He's not that, that sociable you know, with him and stuff, is he? He's just like... Yeah, he sort of just brushes it aside that, you know, well, this will happen, that'll happen, and... and um, is it? I'm trying to think now. Think back. Is it at this point where um, he tells them that there was never meant to go back? Michael Caine or Mike, Matt Damon. Matt Damon's character tells them about Brand, uh, Professor Brand, saying that it was. Um, I think you find out from Michael Caine first, because he he says to Meth on his deathbed, essentially, doesn't he? Yes. I yeah. need to tell you something. You can't solve the equation. You can't solve the equation. It yeah. was a, essentially. But was a, I think Man tells them that, that as well. Shell before, oh, yeah. it's maybe simultaneously. It's, it's yeah, yeah. around this point in the film, and he tells them that, and 
um, you know, they realised... The idea of taking people to these planets was, was never, never gonna an option. Yeah. It was always going to be plan B that you would they would go to repopulate yeah. to yeah. start humanity again, essentially. So yeah. they've gone on this mission... And they've probably got the, all the embryos and everything in there, and that's yeah. what it is, yeah. They've yeah. gone on this mission thinking to we're going to save the, the people yeah. that are on Earth when really you're not. Yeah. You're finding the next... We're going to come back for them. Yeah. And, and, and then they're like, goners, well, aren't no, they? that's, that was never going to happen. And he, he's so just matter of fact. And like I say, he's... he's you, you get that sense of him being quite a selfish person and, and just thinking about himself, you know... Very science-driven. Science-driven. And, yeah. well, it's, it's that, you know, you've got kids, well, what, what did you expect sort of thing? And... Um, and yeah, obviously you see what type of person he is, but, but you know, such a, a beautiful, brilliant man. And um, then, as as the sort sort of as the story develops, we learn that this planet isn't habitable, uh-huh. and there isn't a way off it. And uh, sorry, there isn't a way to live on it, and it isn't sustainable. And basically, man, in his own selfishness, as what he's done is he's just given off his distress, given off his beacon. It's not a distress beacon, sorry. It's a it's a beacon that they send off to, to let them know that the They'll planet's look, good yeah, and yeah. That they can live there. And he's given it off simply so that another team will come and rescue him and take him back to Earth. And he and he's even though Earth's in its dying days, he'd rather die on Earth than stay on this planet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and that's what he's done. And. In doing so, he's he's doomed them because obviously there was two planets that they could choose from, and the other planet probably is could probably populate. Yeah, it. yeah. yeah. Um, and in had they followed, um, had they followed Brand's plan to follow Air Heart and go to that planet, they would have uh, found found it. That's so that the, 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 was it habitable. Like. Yeah. Sorry, I was just reading because it escapes me how the end because. Because they couldn't go to both, could they? No, they could only go to They only one. had the fuel to go to one. So I was kind of thinking, how did... Because at the end of the film, something happens, and I was kind of thinking, how was that about? I've just, you, I've just read the plot of something yeah, about how yeah. they do that now, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Man then tries to kill Cooper, doesn't he? Yeah. Because he, obviously Cooper's driven by heart, and he wants to save those back... Uh, yeah, he wants to Earth, save his family. Which yeah. is against what Man's yeah. all about. So yeah, he, again, a really... Not the most like brutal scene in the sense of like violent, but... It's just quite quite happy just to smash his helmet in and and almost apologetically and says, do and it. Sa- doesn't he? he says there's a chance you'll kill yourself, and he goes, "Well, I'll take that chance." And he and he, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he tries he tries to kill him. Um, ultimately, jump gets away first and gets on gets on the ship and flies back up to to to, to the um, to the spaceship in uh, um, endurance the, the endurance the sorry, space yeah, station the space station. And as he's doing that, they manage to save Coop. Um, they go up and um, man's already trying to dock in, which we've seen this scene before, haven't we? We've seen them trying to to dock the yeah yeah the, the spacecraft Lock into the two bits into together. It's co- really cleverly and done as well. Like y- you know what's coming. You're thinking, well, he's not going to get it. He's not going to do it, and he doesn't. He blows up and blows up in space, and endurance is set um, spiraling off into space, and then it and then. You think, well, that's it. They're not, never going to get back. And cool, no, no, we can make this. And he flies off, doesn't he? And manages to rotate around it at the same speed, the same velocity. Yeah. And the, the manages to... he's built to. He's at the beginning. He's built to be this amazing pilot. And it. Yeah. And, previously, and he, he has he, that chance has, to show uh, that yeah. skill set. That was really clever. And, how they did and that. Yeah. And again, that's just sort of put to one side. Isn't it? It's yeah. Just sort yeah. Of a little throwaway, throwaway line there. Or a little throwaway comment there. Um, but yeah, so he manages to to dock with the uh, the endurance and save it and what's left of it, 
and that's how they managed to um, then look at what they can do next. Well, what is, is just back to I'll, the, you, I'll let you explain. That. Sorry, I was just because it's referenced as some particular maneuver. I was trying yeah, to yeah. that's what I was trying to find. Ah, right, okay, yeah. So when he locks into the endurance, as you say, yeah, it's like oh, we've you know we've we've managed to dock, but he does a slingshot maneuver with uh, Anne Hathaway's character Brand, Brand yeah, um, to create the amount of velocity for her to reach the other planet. Yeah. So it adds 51 years onto the, because they do it so close to Gang Gang to it. Yeah. It adds another 51 years onto the time stream, if you That's like. Right, so yeah. Yeah. Anne Hathaway is still the same age, but in rel- in relative terms to Earth, it's another 50 years. So Earth has now gone. Yeah. In essence, the, the Earth that she knew. Um. But what uh, in order to do that, Cooper and Taz, the robot, they have to eject from Endurance and from yeah. their ship to allow the weight to be... Because you can only save one of them, yeah, only yeah, one of them, yeah. basically. So he sacrifices himself, or to it's save, perceived to, to be sacrificed himself. But in the process, he then gets drawn into... Gargantua. Gargantua itself. Black hole, yeah. And ends up inside... I mean, they call it a tesseract. Yeah, he, he goes the only tesseract, the tesseract. I know, is what yeah. Loki has. Yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah. That's a... But no, he goes inside this tesseract, uh, which is inside the black hole, or it yeah, transports him into this tesseract. And again, this is the point where um, that 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 the film sort of you've got to open your imagination to it all. Um, and and they say about the fifth dimension. So everything around us, what we are, like we're sat here now, it's, it's three-dimensional that we live in. Um, this fifth-dimensional is, is the fact that um, it's it's being put there. It's, it, so a fixed point in time. So as we, as time for us is linear. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a start, there's an end. We will be born, we will die. Yeah. Is, What's been has gone. Has been has yeah, gone. Yeah. Everything now is, is moving forward through time. But this fifth dimension is that you can just, it's like a doorway, if you like. It's like, and, and that's what they call this tesseract. It's like there's no fixed point in time. It yeah, can be yeah. everywhere at once. And what they're saying is that um, some some beings from somewhere or other have, have got to this point in time, whether it be aliens, whether it be humanity, wherever it is, and they've taken this tesseract and they've put it inside the black hole. They've put it, the, the doorway through the black hole into this mm. tesseract um, to save mankind. And the the tesseract takes him back to. Sorry, go on. Oh, just go on, it's okay. Just before you just go a little bit further into it, it's quite interesting because, um, as you say, it's just almost dismissive that this has happened. But it's not too far away from the idea of tenet either, is it? No, no. Because, like you say, Christopher Nolan must have an interest in this or a, or theories oh, around yeah. this or, if you or watch whatever. Videos about him, yeah, yeah. But the idea of people that. You know, we're talking. This could be thousands of years in the future. Yeah, yeah. You know, a civilization or what humanity has millions become, of years in the future. Yeah, yeah, has put this technology there. Yeah, to allow the past to be able to do what what they what do. What they need so, to do to survive. Yeah, because because that scene, the end scene inside the tesseract is is fantastic. Well, as the well. first time I saw this, I was like, well, what is that? And and what follows? It was like, well, what you know. But then, if you sort of open your mind to what possibilities yeah, you could yeah, have yeah. And, and and there is no you know like you think of this fifth dimension of well there is no you know anything could happen you know there is no sort of um looking at it like the way we do 
you know, like like again, like like say about time. I, I mean, I, you know, I love time travel. Uh-huh. And if you look I love at time, time travel, I'm and, always traveling through time. I love time travel. <laughs> but no, but if you look at that, it, um, that there's a fixed point, there's an end point, and where there. But if there, if there isn't, if if time doesn't exist, and and you can put something there, and yeah, you can yeah, yeah. enter in and out of time if you like, and it is a time travel if you yeah, like. Yeah. And they have this tesseract for that he can, he can't actually enter the past but he can manipulate or he can mm. do something and he realises pushing the you know he's, he's he's sort of caught behind this bookshelf in his daughter's well, we see, bedroom we but see it's lots no fixed point it's yeah. all all at once you everything s- at once you start to see a lot of the things from earlier in the film from yeah, the perspective yeah. as you say from behind that, that bookshelf that's yeah. the, the doorway into that and then we learn that those anomalies in in gravity as you, as you learn they were uh, Cooper banging on the bookshelf and not maybe knocking things off, or yeah, and yeah. then he then he puts two and two together and thinks, right, I can Good Morse code. I can use Morse yeah. code to uh, to pass these messages back in. And it, it's a chicken and the egg as well, isn't it? Yeah, Cause yeah. Because had, yeah. had he not have been there to give the Morse code for them to find NASA, they would have never gone. He would have never gone into space yep. to, to, to be, be able there to do, to do, it do it in that. The first place. Which is so clever. Yeah. But he left his watch behind, didn't he, for hair? That's right. Yeah, and he he basically passes back the information to finish that formula yeah yeah for infinite space travel that's that's what that's what the formula is yeah through the watch and, and they're about to bear the house down. Uh, they're about to leave out because yeah that's she right, had yeah. set a fire and she not bear the house she set a fire to distract the brother but yeah they're about to leave the house because it's going to be submerged in the dust clouds or he's coming to get rid of them, the brother because yeah. they've had a bit of a fallout they? Whatever. but yes yeah, she, she's just she's just hanging on to something and then she Goes she back sees. The watch. She goes back for yeah. the watch, and then she sees the second hand on the watch, Morse code. Yeah. She starts to write it down, and then from there, she she discovers that some some entity yeah. is sending her a message of this this formula, and then you've obviously that's her dad. Yeah. Sending her the message of how to, you know, of, interstellar how travel. to interstellar yeah. travel. Just absolutely so amazing, and I mean so that was and, a really like top level explanation from it. You've you've got yeah, to see yeah. it to understand yeah, yeah. it. And but when just sorry, sorry yeah, when yeah. he's he's banging, he's begging her to to make him stay, and then he's saying, "Please stay," make because him he's, stay, he's make looking him at himself yeah. leaving and knowing that he isn't going to be able to. At that point, he Coop thinks he's off to save the world. Yeah, but now he knows that he, yes, technically you're saving humanity. But you're not saving, he's not saving his daughter. Yeah. He's not saving Beth. We won't see him again. Yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. telling her to stay, to stay. And then he, the realization yeah. is, well, I, I could help her. Yeah, I can that's tell right. her yeah. this information yeah. that I've now discovered. And yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really, really clever. Um, and again, if you open your mind to it, the the fact that once he's done what he needs to do in the tesseract, it then spits him out of the other side of the black hole, <coughs> and he's just floating in space. Uh, and then somebody as a spacecraft in space fans him, yeah. or it throws him out where he needs to be, yeah. And and a spacecraft in which I never picked up on the first time, and a spacecraft picks him up and takes him to a space station that's in that they've built, and that's you know that bit where they're playing baseball and the he looks out the window and there's someone in a hospital that yeah, he's yeah. in and they're playing baseball and it flies up in the air and I'm thinking. First time again. The first time I watched this, I was thinking, "Well, are they on a planet that's like that? You know, it's a bit weird." But it's not. It's an actual it's a, a shuttle. Yeah, it's like a simulation station. of it. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. So it's clever, and and they've used the simulations of what he had, like you know, he sat on a farm drinking a beer. How is he? Yeah, uh, and he's and he says he meets up with Meth basically. Yeah, so it takes three weeks for her to get there, 
and the traveller there, she's travelling there with all her family. Yeah, yeah. Which we found this Ellen Bersting who, who plays her in, in the end and she's there on her deathbed. Much older Merth. Much yeah, older yeah. Merth on the deathbed Oh, that seems class as well. Though. Yeah. That's such a and, good scene. Though. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? And she's there with all her family around her and a dad who's this echo from her past, you know, from her childhood, because obviously she's lived her whole life without yeah, him there, yeah. and he's still as he was, and he's a ghost from her past, and yeah. that's referencing the fact that she said, "I was my ghost," was my, and she yeah, says, yeah. "You were my ghost," and and she says, "Don't she, she says, says that at the start of the film, thinking, yeah, oh, I thought, yeah. you, I thought, we, I thought you were my ghost,' you know, as he walks in the room, yeah." And Sorry, I'm she, absolutely full of cold. Yes, yeah, okay, and he and he was he was <laughs> a ghost, yeah. It's so clever, and she she he realizes that. He's no part in her life now. Yeah. And he. Well, she says that she, she says, a dad shouldn't have to watch, watch a child, child die yeah. in old age, kind of thing. In, in that sense. Yeah, yeah. And then it wraps up with um, him then going out and stealing a ship. Sneaks and, off, yeah. and we see Anne Hathaway has set up camp on the yeah. the third and final inhabitable planet with the with, grave of, a, of yeah. the loved one that she yeah, wanted, yeah. wanted to get to. Yeah. And then, um, and then it, it just goes, it cuts from there. So you kind of left here and interpretation of what happens next because Cooper's clearly not going to stay with this simulation is he he's off yeah. to go find uh, Anne Hathaway's character so yeah, yeah really really, really clever, clever film, clever really, film really, really, a clever really, film. really clever there's some, there's some good some good parts in it we said about um, visual effects as well like uh, Taz is uh, actually yeah. he's actually just somebody in it's not even somebody in a suit it's just somebody moving a, is it I didn't realise did, oh do you know that yeah, yeah. I mean so, you know, like, to be fair our reflection it, it doesn't look CG does it so it no, does, no. it's very good so it's, it's, like, it's, practical, it's like this robot with arms uh, like, it's just like a square it's, it's like, like a, a deck mo- chair I'll tell you what it is it's a reference to 2001's <laughs> monolith Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like this big monolith like that, and and then he's just his his arms, like you said, like a deck chair, just moves out like that. I'm doing it now. I don't know. No one can even see me doing it, but I'm doing it. And and it's it's actually somebody stood behind it doing that, like walking with the legs strapped ah, cool. into it. Yeah, really clever if you see the special stuff, effects yeah. how it's how it's made. Um, and like things like um, you know, the bit where they're going through a cornfield, they actually grew. Five hundred acres of, I think, might might be wrong there. Five hundred mm. acres of corn. They actually grew that and, uh, right. and um, drove drove a car yeah, yeah, car yeah. through the field of corn with somebody sat on the with a stuntman sat on top of the uh, car okay. driving it so you could see it. But Matthew McConaughey, and a bit the, like in a quiet the, place, that, a bit like in a quiet like place, that, yeah, 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 yeah. And they sat inside the inside the car, and they've got the idea from Man of Steel, whereas Zack Snyder had done the same thing. He'd grown mm. a, a cornfield. And they actually made a profit on the cornfield. Oh, did they? Yeah, so they actually <laughs> sold the corn on and made a, made a profit I wonder if it. that went in the box office sale. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but they realised, I think, so from what I've read up on, there, it was near Calgary. So, the, ah, okay. so they, they didn't even know if they could grow it there. But they yeah, had the, yeah, the yeah. cabin there, the farm, what they were, the, 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 they were filming on was Calgary and they, and they decided to look at it and yeah, they could grow this corn and they, they sold it on for a profit and um, I watched a, an interview where um, Matthew McConaughey said uh, he was staying in a trailer on the farm and he said one night after they filmed all the scenes he, he went in a car and he had a little go at himself oh, and he? destroyed some of the corn and little, again a little Christopher Nolan sort of laughs and looks at him and says we, we could have had more money there then you, you know meaning that you've destroyed some of it yourself yeah um, but just, they, one, just things like that. Oh, there's so you, many little bits. You know, and... that's Nolan's a big, big fan of. If I can't do it practically, I'll do it with CGI. But I'd rather do it practically. Yeah, yeah, it's very so, particular and yeah, detailed. Yeah. Just there's one bit we we did touch upon, but then we didn't reference the actual true bit of it. The hand that's coming through towards Anne Hathaway 
oh, yeah, Cooper, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So when he's been launched, when he's had to eject and he's near the, the uh, Gargantua, that's him. He can see them through it. So he's re- that was his hand reaching through from earlier on, which I thought was a nice little reference. Yeah, yeah. Um, just before we wrap up on, on Interstellar... Oh, no, I was just going to say uh, a couple more things, but yeah, go on. Well, go on. I was just yeah. going to reference um, Hans Zimmer's score, which is oh, yeah. phenomenal. Well, I've, yeah. I've listened to this soundtrack so many times. But I did... Um, I was I list, I watch a lot of uh, kind of funnies podcasts in America, and they've done uh, Nolan in review. So they've reviewed all of Christopher Nolan's films over time. Um, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> and they're referencing that that uh, Hans Zimmer wasn't given the actual like script or yeah yeah anything yeah for that, the yeah, film. Yeah, it was just literally a one page summary of yeah. of what this is going to be or very very few details so the score that he made from this he had very little to to go from yeah which is even more impressive and i mean i, I don't know about he, inception but yeah, he, he, the way that the score enhances everything about everything this film in, in the film yeah he, he he was told not to to i think Chris, christopher nolan gave him sort of like a it's about a father's relationship and i think he wrote it in terms of his towards his son even though that the film is more cooped towards his daughter but it's still that 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 child, that bond between yourself and your child. So that's what he wrote it on. He based it upon that. And yeah, I've, I've read up a bit about that as well. And, um, what I was going to say about Hans Zimmer, uh, he was, he was, he was told maybe, you know, don't add things like, uh, synthesizers and don't yeah, add, yeah, yeah. um, it's all organs, isn't it? Drums and things yeah. like that. So that's why it is more organ based, and and it's it, but it works. Mm. It's so good, so good. There's a lot of nods in this film towards 2001: A Space Odyssey, which obviously is a big, big fan favorite growing up of Christopher Nolan, and you can see that in there. But again, the the things like um, the what was it called? The endurance. Uh, yeah. It, it's like a clock. Yeah, it's yeah, actually yeah. like a clock. It's like that mm. in space. It's like a, a you know, and and that, that again, like like Dunkirk, which was what they did in Dunkirk. You've got that sort of ticking clock sort of mm, sound. Said about um, that, yeah. Which is which is very similar to you know, part of the score, which is what they used in Dunkirk, which Hans Zimmer did. I th- I felt it was a little bit like this in this film that you had this, this sort of ticking sound in in the actual in in certain parts of it. Which again, you know, it's it's there's time written all over um, Christopher Nolan's uh, work. There, something else I just wanted to mention was mm. the the uh, wormhole creation. Um, so they collaborated with uh, Doctor. You, you know about this? No, Doctor uh, Kip Thorne, which is leading scientist, uh, groundbreaking scientist, um, and he was heavily involved in this film. Um, was brought on as an executive uh, on the film. And he actually went away uh, with a visual experts team called Double Negative, and the the deeply researched um, theories around um, black hole about about black holes, and um, they used uh, really good software, really accurate software to to simulate the realistic look of a of a black hole mm. and gave you a screenshot of it, and. The, the black hole that they, they did that off the back of the research that he did and he was there as a consultant on the film and, and off the research that he did um, into this and, and the work that he did with Double Negative they actually produced the visual effects of the black hole okay. that you saw on screen 
And it was only a few years later, it's only a couple of years ago, that uh, maybe 18 months, two years ago, that the, the first ever shots of a black hole, uh, that we've actually oh, ever right, seen okay. one in space itself, that NASA have actually seen one. Obviously, it's not as visually <laughs> stunning as what you, you see in this film because of, you know, because of what we can actually see, but it actually looks like it's very similar to what they've very crafted. very similar to that. That's pretty and, cool, yeah. And it's really clever that they've done that. And and Nolan, um, again, another testament to what he is as a as a as a. I'm not even going to say as a director, as a creator of film, yeah. that he wanted to work with the best and wanted yeah, to yeah, get yeah. that. And uh, like I say, Doctor Kip Thorne has actually produced two novels, two books off the back of this mm. uh, of interstellar travel and. Oh, I might be wrong there. It might not be in Star Trek. About Black Holes. That's it. You're locked in now. Yeah. I'm locked in now. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I've said it. Sorry, Doc. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's really good. Really fascinating when mm. you start... It's, it's, I say go down the, go down the, <laughs> go down the, the rabbit hole. Go down the wormhole of, of this film <laughs> that there's so much more content there in the actual making of this film. Uh, things like, you know, the dust clouds, they actually made... That was actual real. All right, okay. They, they used a synthetic celluloid base dust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and blew it in with jet jet fans. Mm. Uh, blew it in so to get that realistic vibe of that yeah, realistic yeah, yeah. feeling, rather than use. Oh, we can do it with CG. Whereas a lot of films are just oh, we'll just do it mm. with CG. No, no one likes that practical effect, and and it works. You, you see that, you know, it look it looks real. Oh, definitely, because it, yeah. it is real. You say, and then they spent so much time cleaning up the areas that they, they, they did it with, yeah. <laughs> You say there about feeling, I think that's a really good way to, you know, to, to, to summarise really with this because, yeah, it's visual, you know, the visuals, the, the scale of this, it's such a big film across, you know, hundreds, thousands of years, whatever. But it, the, the crux of this is the feelings that you feel during this film and, and the way you relate to, to the journey that Coop goes on, the way you relate yeah. to the journey that Merf goes on and the other characters as well. But it's that dynamic that holds us together, which is, bringing it right back to what we said at the beginning, your summary of the film didn't touch upon any of all this yeah, because yeah. all of this is what creates the film for you. It's yeah, the feeling yeah, and what you feel yeah. for those characters. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I think this is a great, great film. I, I, I really, I really I love this agree. film. And I mean, it, it, I mean, at the end of the day, opinions are opinions, but it disappoints me that this is seen as one of like, one of his lesser, one of his lesser yeah, middle of yeah. the road films. Yeah, it's strange. You know, it's strange. It really is strange. Interesting. Um, I wonder if it's because it involves maybe too much I don't mean this in a rude way to, to people who've maybe not liked it, but it maybe involves too much thinking and too much of, like you say, the theoretical side of it. Whereas Inception, which we'll talk about in a minute, it's very, it's very top level of the you you, you do don't. You, do you it's not real, it so you can't. You don't need to like. There's, really think there's about no it exposition much. in the film, and I don't think he does that in his films. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the problem that that we're so used to watching films where. Everything's sort of spoon fed to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And Nolan doesn't do that. He expects you to be intelligent enough to just. I'm not saying that people are intelligent, yeah. but he expects you to be intelligent or enough to just. Or go back to it and. Yeah, I'll go back and watch it. He actually yeah, yeah. said about Tenant that you should. You need to see it more than yeah, once. Yeah. He actually said that. He created it and made it. And he, he thinks that people need to see it more than once. But yeah, with with, with his films, he, he expects you just to be able to keep up with them. And if you can't, go back and watch them again. Yeah. But and I, and I think that's the joy of these these both these movies, that there's something there every single time you watch them. That, uh, you know, that's why I like Cloud Atlas. Yeah. That I, I, that I, I always reference that, but that, that I like that because there's something there to see it again. Every time you see it again, sorry, there's something more that you missed the first time and uh, that's clever. You know, I, I, that's what I like about those sort of films. Um, yeah, the only other thing I was going to mention about Installed before we move on to Inception is um, 
the which I didn't know this that it was actually going to be Steven Spielberg film, and he had to pull out at some point. I, I can't. I've written it down, but I can't remember the the reasons for it. But he 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 withdrew from it, and he was working with Jonathan Nolan, Christopher ah, okay. Nolan's br- uh, brother, who was writing it at the time. And it was only through the the you know the the film not getting made that Jonathan Nolan pushed it towards his brother and said, yeah, Maybe yeah. "This is something you'd like." And in the original drafts of the film, the original story was more about aliens, and it was more about right. um, the aliens that, uh, that were going to another planet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, uh, it was very similar sort of story, but uh, Math was his son, not not his daughter. Okay. There was there was a lot you know, like so there was a lot of similarities with yeah, it. Yeah. But there was a lot more some changes were made. A lot more yeah. sci-fi. Oriented, oh, I'm glad it won that. I'm glad this is. What I'm got. glad it won. Yeah, when I, when I read up what it was actually yeah. going to be originally, I'm I'm sort of glad that Steven Spielberg stepped away from it. Mm. Um, and I think he stepped. That was it. I think he was making Lincoln at the time, and I think right, he wanted okay. to put more work into that. And and he obviously, when you've got so many big projects as a as a big director like that, you've got so many projects, he, he only can put his heart and soul into one, yeah, one yeah, of them. Yeah. And I think that was more that he put his his time in that and resources into that than he did. Was uh, willing to give Stella, to, to the which, other, yeah. which I think we benefited from with. Oh, definitely. But well, we got this, didn't we? Yeah. Okay, so that was Interstellar. So that was we'll, Interstellar. We'll sort of jump about there, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll uh, we'll do the same for Inception. Well, we kind of was going to we kind of just both together, but we didn't. We just went off yeah. about Interstellar. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, fair <laughs> enough. Think that. We kind of we went through the wormhole, but uh, never mind. Um, so, well, you did your your top level uh, um, summary of Inception at the beginning, didn't you? But the twist, if you like, in, in Inception. Well, the twist is maybe the, the wrong way to describe it, but the, the extra layers of it, if you like. So we get, we understand that they can now go to dreams within dreams within dreams kind of thing, which gets really complicated. Yeah. But just, just to put a pin in that a minute. You said about earlier on about the, the dream thing is just dismissed. Again, there's maybe a story to be told before Inception because they talk about that this technology was used for the military to... So that they could feel pain and 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 uh, you know attack others and stuff like that yeah. without feeling the true effects of it, which in itself is a really clever concept, if you like, or a really interesting thought process that this technology has been created for a military and at what evolution did that take? But anyway, that's by the way. But so the film starts with a, a shot of I'm going to really go around the avenues on this. Right, we'll okay, talk yeah. About. yeah. Um, the film starts with a shot of, of Leonardo DiCaprio on a beach and he's then taken to meet Sato, who he's asked for by name. We find that out yeah. when they say he asked for you by name. And they have a brief conversation. Then you see what we perceive to be like a flashback of a younger Leonardo DiCaprio and a younger Sato. Yeah. And he's got uh, Gordon Levitt's character with him and, and that kind of thing. But then the full story goes on where we've got this idea of, like Stephen said at the beginning, where you need to go inside... Um, Cillian Murphy's character's dream to plant yes, this idea yeah. and in order to really cement that idea you need to go inside a dream within his dream within his dream to like really get to his subconscious so that this the what the, the, the kind of discussed earlier that the idea has to be something that he has naturally kind of yeah. thought of rather than it being something that's just passive that's maybe in there so the idea is that's that right, if you yeah. really plant it within your subconscious that you know that'll go from there there's a little sideline plot with involving Leonardo DiCaprio's wife, and we find out that his memories of his wife is kind of he's got trapped in this other like dream of his own, and it's it's a bit. We'll talk about that in a bit more depth. Yeah, in a minute. yeah. But basically, 
the twist element of this film is that if you go deep enough into your dreams and and die, the idea in a, in a normal sense that if you die in your dream, you just wake up. Yeah. If you go deep enough into the, your subconscious and you die, you end up getting trapped in limbo. Limbo yeah. in, in this this version of limbo from this film, and that Leonardo DiCaprio scene on the beach at the beginning is in limbo. Limbo. Yeah. And that that's kind of the 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 twist from this, and and the film ends kind of again with a an interpretation the the idea is that you can't come out of this limbo and then the the discuss well can you and we look at ways that you can and because there's a the way you come out of the dreams is you have to have this kick which it's trying to replicate to a degree like when because the, the, the discussion is that if you fall you feel you sometimes get that sense of falling when you're asleep yeah, yeah. that causes you to wake up almost like being jolted by a uh uh Oh, the chest thing. What's yeah, called? yeah, defibrillator. Oh, yeah. defibrillator. Yeah. Um, and they try to create a huge one of them for Leonardo DiCaprio's character in Limbo to get him out of Limbo, yeah. basically. But it ends where the story's wrapped up and we're, we're left to ponder whether the end scene is actually a dream of Leonardo DiCaprio's where he's reunited with his children and he's no longer exiled, like Stephen said in the summary at the beginning, or whether that is actually reality and... And there's another question that I'm going to ask in a minute when we have a proper discussion about it, but about what that actually yeah, means. Yeah. But that's basically the top level of it. So we do there's two stories really. There's the stories of the the them planting the plan, going within dreams, within dreams, within dreams, and and how that all looks. And there's lots of clever things within that visually, yeah, it's, visual it's stuff and there, yeah. and clever like story elements that come back around that. But yeah, there's the exploration of Leonardo DiCaprio's character and his wife and. And him finally letting her go and, and what all that looks like and, and what that is. So that's that's really rubbish, that one, our explanation. Yeah. But, yeah, that's okay. But, that's yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. So is there anything you wanted to add? Um, no, I think that's... <laughs> that's really that's, that's uh, it. That's uh, um, I mean, uh, other than what you've just said there, yeah, the, the, you can get lost in this. You re- get, like like in, Just like Interstellar. So you, if, you, if you're not focused on it, you really can get lost. Um, I think the first time I watched it, when it first came out, I borrowed it off on Blu-ray when mm. Blu-rays first came out. <laughs> That's how long ago this was. Um, so it's fair, I think it's the first time I'd ever owned a Blu-ray player that I borrowed a, the Blu-ray of someone from work and I played it and I watched it and I was like, well, I ain't got a clue what's going on here. Mm. And I've never really gone back to it. So obviously this is the first time going yeah, back to yeah, it in yeah. years. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Really, you know, give it a lot more thought process and, and followed it all the way through. I probably would pick up more on the third view of it, yeah, but yeah. I really did enjoy it. Um, it is a very complex story, like you've like you've just said, and the 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 facts that they go into the dream within a dream. So that that was something that I never picked up on the first time. That um, for every dream you go into, it's longer. So yeah, so going back to your time, so going back threads. to time again. So yeah, yeah. When he, when you see the flashbacks of his him and his wife that they've gone back, that they've they've built this whole landscape, and he says that we spent years building this. Mm. and they'd gone into this dream sequence and I think they must have gone dream within a dream sort of thing. Or they, oh they, yeah, because they grow old within it. They'd grown old together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when they woke up, um, yeah, that, that, so that's it. I think the, the, the idea of Inception is that you plant that seed of some mm. something in someone's head and that is the twist within the film that we found out that Leonardo, again, spoilers, that Leonardo DiCaprio's um uh, knows that this will because someone questions that will this work and they know yeah it'll it'll work and he knows it'll it will work because 
he planted the seed in his what? Just before you do that, because hang on, because it, you've missed just you're doing it the reverse, aren't you? Because right, okay. his wife killed herself, was sure yeah. that she killed yeah. herself, because once they've come out of this dream, she didn't believe that, that they were the real the world was the real yeah. world. She believed that they were in a dream again, and she wanted to go back to the real world. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, and that's what that was the seed that he planted in her head, yeah. and she killed herself. And obviously, he's he's reckoned with guilt because of. Why did he plant that? Like, to, to see if it would work. Just to, I think, so I think it was that just was basically it. experimenting. Again, might, yeah, might, yeah. Again, with Nolan with his. I did like, wonder that when it. Yeah. Yeah, I think just thought, like a throwaway lamb, but yeah, he'd done this just to see if he could do it, yeah. and and ultimately killed her basically mm. because um, and he's and like he's like I say, he's, he's racked with guilt that he keeps thinking about her and and obviously dreaming about her. Yeah. And that's why she keeps coming up in his dreams. But in the in his dreams, she's destroying his destroying yeah. everything in his dream or is it a case oh, i might be wrong there so i think once you register that you're in a dream your subconsciousness starts to attack you and starts to realize that you're yes, stood that's there right. watching it because when he... that you're you're you shouldn't be there yeah so that's why it comes his subconscious being here starts to attack yeah. him or starts to to kill people in his dream because he recruits sort of the, the girl that he recruits to help him because because he needs the dreams that they're going to go in to be recruited, to be crafted by somebody that isn't, that's not him. Yeah. So that he doesn't know how to navigate those dreams, basically. And yeah, when they demonstrate that, all of the people around start to like look aggressively at him and her. Yeah. And then yeah, that's, and that's right, explained yeah. is that that's his subconscious realising that this isn't real. Yeah. Almost like your body fighting off an infection. Fighting it's your subconscious virus, yeah. fighting off this that's not reality. Yeah. In it. yeah, yeah. And that's so when you go the, 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 when you go layer into layer into layer of dream, the the it's like there's no bad guy in this. The the the, the bad guys that like you see that that are in the shootouts in the in the scenes in each layer is his subconscious. Yeah, yeah. So so when they're fighting uh, a team of people and they're chasing them in the van and the van starts to come off the, the edge of the, the bridge. Yep. Uh, which obviously is the kickstart that they need to get out of that dream and you see that slowly happening because in the next dream sequence, that's how... That's how so in, in the two, three seconds it takes for that van to drop yeah. is 20 minutes of the film in the next... Well, they go through it, they say like... Thing. One second in the first dream that's what is I'm worth that's what I mean. yeah. 20 minutes in the second dream, yeah, yeah. which so is, one... and then one minute in the second dream is worth an hour in the third dream. Yeah, that's or something right. like yeah. that, yeah, yeah. And that's how, uh, when you're in limbo, that's how you can spend an eternity yeah, in yeah. limbo, yeah, trapped in limbo, which is why in one of the dreams, um, Sato, Sato, whatever it's called, is how he gets killed. Yeah. That's why he's stuck in limbo and he's old when yeah. DiCaprio gets there. I mean, DiCaprio looks a little bit older in it because he's been stuck there for a amount of time, but, but he's been stuck there for so for, long. Forever. Years, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, trapped in limbo. And then that's when they decide to, I think they decide to kill themselves in there, which kickstarts, yeah. which which throws them back out. Allows them to, to come to re- eventually come out of the dream. return, yeah. Worth mentioning. Um, it's very, very hard. Very hard. Yeah, to I mean, very, I yeah. would imagine if you listen to this and you've never seen Inception before, <laughs> you, that, have um, yeah. you have a clue what's going on. But worth mentioning um, that um, the every character in the film has a totem, yes, which is yeah. essentially an item that only they know the true feel or the true weight or the true um, imperfection on it or something like that. Yeah, and the reason that that is because 
so for example, if I carried a say I carried a coin around, but Stephen didn't know what was on the coin. Yeah. Only my only I would know what that coin looks yeah, like. See, so you've got a double-headed coin, but yeah. I just think it's a normal coin. A normal Every coin time safe. you throw it, it, it lands tails where you know you're still dreaming. Yeah. yeah. So if you was trying to craft a dream scenario for uh, for me, yeah. only I would know that this coin in the real world had two heads. So yeah. very, very basic understanding of that. But so, uh, if, for example, uh, Tom Hardy's character has... Uh, what did he have? He had casino chips, which are misspelt. So there's uh, a spelling mistake uh, on the right, chips. Yeah. See, again, that, that's something I missed in the yeah. film. Yeah. And again, it's only, I'm sure it's just, oh, you see, spelling hasn't improved or something like that. Yeah. That's all that yeah. it is. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has a, a weighted dice, doesn't he, yeah, that early he would dice, know, yeah. that, that kind of thing. And yeah. But Leonardo DiCaprio, so this is, again, this is so an this interesting is, discussion, uh, yeah, which is probably going to be the I've same question. I've got here as a question to ask it, yeah. So we find out that his totem is a, like a spinning top that, yeah. that in the real world will stop spinning in the dream world, will continue to spin. Yeah. I mean, that in itself is a bit weird, because how, like, I don't get how, but anyway, that, that will come to that in a minute. But we learned that that totem wasn't his totem to begin with, it was his wife's, was his wife's totem. totem. yeah. Well, the totem is explained to us that only you can have held the totem, because you are the only person who needs to know its true makeup. Yeah. yeah. But if he's got a shared and that that asks an interesting question about well, how does that add dream? up? Is it and yeah, yeah. So that that would then say to me, is it his dream or is it her dream? Yeah, That's yeah. how I would look at it. Mm. When I I found that out, obviously watching the film, but then I was like, well, I sort of researched it, you know, about the the ending of it. You know, is is it what you know? Is is he so that the way the film ends is the he spins the turtle and he's he's um. He's reunited with reunited, his children. Sorry, the word. He's reunited with his children, and you and the camera sort of comes away from him, and he runs out to them, or they run into him, and he walks away, and the camera then goes back onto the the, the the little spinning top, and it's still there spinning, and it looks like it's just about to fall, and it spins again, it looks like it's just about to fall, yeah. and the camera goes off, just so wobbles you, a bit, and then wobbles a little goes bit, to black. So it? does does it actually go off? So obviously the big thing on if you if you search on land the the ending of Inception was it all a dream? Is he? Is it? But if it isn't even his, his in the first place, yeah, yeah. is it still a dream? So I've I've looked into it and um, as I do, <laughs> and um, Michael came asked the question um, to uh, Nolan when he when he got the script. You know, is, is it is it a dream? And he says basically anything when you're in on the scene, you're in in the scene, it's not a dream. So obviously Michael Caine is in right, the last yeah, scene, yeah, so yeah. it's not a dream, and then. Um, I think Nolan had said, if you see Leonardo DiCaprio wearing a wedding ring, it's not a dream. And he's wearing a Are wedding ring. Are you sure that was what Nolan said? Or is that just, because I'd read that as just like fan theories about the ring. Oh, well, maybe not then. Yeah, maybe it's not Nolan that said yeah. that. I, maybe I've got that wrong. Yeah. Maybe I've dreamt it. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but... Um, nice save. <laughs> nice save, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah so, that, but I was, was going to add that, yeah. And the way that the film's shot, uh, to get around that as well, so it might be a fan theory or not, but I'm sure that I read that that I'm, I might be wrong. I'm sure I read that Nolan had filmed it so that every time DiCaprio's in a scene, you don't see his hands, unless he wants you to. So, so when you do see his wedding ring, it, you know, in the dream sequences, sorry, every time he's in the dream sequence, his left hand is just out of shot, or he, just as he brings it up, it the camera moves so that you can't see whether he's in a dream or not. So sort of just, you know, like to go back and watch it again. I'd watched a video that 
debunked that though because oh, I was, was going to add that. Yeah, because ah, right, when he okay. hands the passport at right, the end, okay. you can see that the ring is on it. Yeah, but is that, that but is that the end? Yeah, the very towards the end. But what I'm getting at is that's. But but he's not in the dream there. Yeah, but then in the next bit, it's not there. So it's like uh, right, the well. the it doesn't add up. So right, what okay. I'm getting at is I don't think it's a. I think it's just something that retrospectively people have. have uh, right, okay. I mean, well, I'll make, I may be wrong. I, might be wrong. I don't know, but yeah. but, but I haven't again, done a it's lot a, of research no, no, into no, no, this no. one. So. <laughs> I am not Christopher Nolan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's worth discussing because it's it could be that you know it could yeah. be it could be it could be that you don't know do you? Personally, I I don't I don't think it it is a dream. I th- I think it's it's real because I don't think. I don't think uh, towards the end. I don't think the point of it is what's a dream and what isn't. I think it's it's about what your understanding and, and your perception of reality is. Because yeah, yeah. really, Leonardo DiCaprio's reality is he wants his reality to be his children, doesn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and throughout the full fi- film, both in dreams and not in dreams, he doesn't have that reality. So he's done what he has to do in this film to get that that end point, that yeah. that reality, and. Yeah, I think that's... The only thing that gets it for me is I don't think his children look any older, do they? And if he hasn't been home for years, will these children not be older? Yeah, they're, they're, they're cast older. Are they cast older? Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, oh, I've missed that then. Yeah. So again, I'd have to go back and watch it again. Because again, I'm, I'm claiming like I've sat for hours and researched <laughs> watched a couple of like discussions about this. Side by side shots, they're clearly older than that, ah, that right, end okay. of it, yeah. yeah. So little things like that, and I think... Oh, well, then that, yeah. Yeah, and the fact that it, it wobbles, but to me, more of the question from my point of view is like, how can that be his term? Because she's she's shared that, yeah, t- and that goes well, I think against their totem. I think yeah. he keeps that term to keep her alive. Yeah, that goes, that, that's, yeah that's a I good think. point. Yeah, yeah, that goes against the logic of yeah. of all we're told about the the totem, doesn't it? And, yeah. and things like that. But yeah, but I mean, this is again, it's a and I think I think he, an interesting film. The fact that she keeps cropping up in his <laughs> dreams—that's his only way to keep her. Yeah, I think that's why he, I think that's why he does it. Yeah, um, again, I might be wrong, but um, it is a very very clever film. There's some really good scenes in it. Um, the um, snow base scene, yeah, uh, <laughs> um, is based upon the 1969 on Her Majesty's Maj- okay. on Her Majesty's <laughs> Secret Service, which is a Bond film. Yep, and Nolan's a massive Bond fan. Bond fan, right? Okay, um, so there's there's a lot of talk about him doing a Bond film. Um, I mean. I mean, if Tom Hardy's cast as Bond, you've got to be looking at Nolan directing at yeah. some point, which would be absolutely brilliant. And he's really good friends with uh, Barbara Broccoli. Um, so you never know. Um, but he's, he's he's said in the past that he would love to do a Bond movie. He's, he's not ruled it out. He's not said, oh, I won't ever do one. But I think that's what Tenet was. I think that was his... Dipping his, his toe in. Maybe his toe in, but style. I think that was yeah, his... Yeah. his, his, his I'm I'm gonna make a Bond movie. I'm yeah, gonna make yeah. it that sort of style movie. I think that's what he did, um, which I think would be fantastic if he if he did make a Bond film, and you know if he did, it'd be the most complex Bond film <laughs> yeah. ever. <didn't> it? <laughs> What's your um, opinion on Tom Hardy in this? In the film, yeah, I thought it was good, mate. Yeah, I like him. I, again, I'm not. A massive I don't Tom like Tom Hardy. Fan. I'm not a big Tom Hardy guy. I, yeah, I don't yeah. see the big attraction of him. I, I really don't. But I'm, again, he's he's good in the film. Um, yeah. It's a good cast. He's not, my favourite side character in this. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'm not a big fan of him. Yeah, you know, again, he was good in Looper. You know, I, again, I don't see the big attraction of him. I don't. I don't. But DiCaprio, I do. I think DiCaprio, and, and he, he's good. Whatever, in this. whatever he's in, he's good. Yeah. Um, some films better than others, but yeah, he's very good in this. But um, 
Yeah, the, the, I've never really seen the big attraction with Tom Hardy. I don't think he's this fantastic actor that people make out, but yeah, yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was good, didn't it? Yeah. I like the. I thought the casting in Interstellar was better than the casting in this. If I'm honest, yeah, with you. yeah, that's a, a valid point. Yeah, uh, that, that's that's my feeling. Anyway, I, I like but... with Tom Hardy's character in this because he's got the ability to. He's like a con man, isn't he? Yeah. So, so he can he can make people he can act as other people. Yeah. And make them their subconscious think that it's that, he, that, that person. they're seeing them. And yeah, that's, yeah. That's how one of the that's why he's part of the team. Isn't he? Yeah, that's, yeah. He's part of the team, and that's his role that he brings to it. That he's. Um, He's able to like manipulate the way he looks yeah. in in dreams, which is really really, really clever how they do that. Yeah, yeah, very clever. The uh, again some more facts here as well. That so, um, Nolan explained in an interview with Entertainment Weekly that he based the roles of the team similar to um, a filmmaking team. So Cobb would be the director. Okay, yeah. Arthur would be the producer. Ariane, Ariadne, I can't pronounce the name. Sorry, would be the production designer. Ames uh, would be the actor. Um, Sato would be the studio and Fisher would be the audience, uh, which is which is really clever. And then something else, what I'd never even picked up on this. If you take the names Dom, Roberts, Ames, <laughs> Arthur, Mal, and Sato, take the first letter from each of them. It it, dreams, dreams. Yeah, that's, you know that. <laughs> well, I don't really said it. Yeah, so yeah that's yeah. really clever. Really, really clever. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Um, but yeah, he, he said uh, just to quote him, he said in trying to write a team based creative process I wrote I wrote from what I know yeah yeah making a film so yeah it's it's such a clever like these are almost like like you said earlier on like art rather than but there's a but that's even more of a a praise rather than a not a criticism but like a different slant on it because you get a lot of art house films don't you yeah yeah like I'll remember completely having a tangent but is it Neon Demon I watched Neon Demon I've not seen that I was a bit like I don't really get this. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a yeah. bit visually, all this, that, and the other. I didn't, you know, I just kind of understood the message we were going for. But it was very driven by its message, mm. not necessarily by what it delivered. Whereas he kind of does both, doesn't he? He creates a, a blockbuster film, but that's also... Now, granted, it's not got a message like what Neon Demon maybe had, but there's thought process behind every little detail of what he does and the way it's done. But it's yeah. also done on a scale that's like... It's a, a blockbuster. You could go to the cinema and watch this, and there'd be a packed audience. And you know, because I'm yeah, so gutted, I didn't see like Interstellar Tenet, at cinema. Tenet was they, they want there was adamant they wanted that at cinema, didn't they? Yeah, it was yeah. Looking at streaming, and and they said no, it's got to come out at cinema. And that's that's what these films are. They're IMAX, yeah. aren't they? Oh yeah, yeah. Essentially, but I'm gutted um, I didn't see Interstellar at cinema. I'd yeah, well, I'm gutted I didn't see either of these. Yeah, yeah. That's a Um You'd you'd love to see him like on a re-release or something, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah like really a celebration. Like that, that's that, that that release or something, you know, isn't it? Um, which I kind of think that they missed out on that when they opened cinemas up last year. They, you know, after, after sort of like in the the break in COVID, yeah, like yeah, that they started re-showing like there wasn't a lot of content coming out, and they started showing older films. And it, it's a shame that they never went back to some of these because yeah. I would have gone and seen. We, we saw Tenet at the cinema, didn't we? We did, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that was like the. It was one of the very. First films to yeah. come back out really when the I'm surprised didn't, do what I mean is I'm surprised they didn't do yeah with yeah that's what I'm saying yeah, it, yeah. it would have been good yeah yeah incidentally the studio Warner Brothers is it Warner Brothers this isn't it yeah. Warner Brothers um they approached him to make this in 3D which obviously was like oh, really right, big okay. at the time and he he held off 
really okay. I couldn't understand why that's I couldn't understand why yeah oh, yeah he yeah really held yeah, off yeah. on it and he said he, in, in his his feelings were that it would be it would um distract from the storytelling and again this goes back to what we're saying about Christopher Nolan that he's he's all about storytelling he's yeah. all, you know even though he's he's known for his special effects and again visual effects I don't think this had loads of visual effects in it I think that obviously there was yeah. there was I mean but, they literally bend the street in half like. yeah. <laughs> yeah there is but again it's not completely all CG because yeah. he, like, he likes to, to, to do as much practical effects as, as opposed to, to digital um, but uh, and, and he's, he's so in line with what I always say that you, you, your CGI needs to be there to enhance the storytelling not to not be to the main idea of the film you have know? you seen and i always think that that is to me the token of a great director oh i definitely agree yeah. you've seen the corridor sequence right how they did that yeah yeah so like, so and I, I have written that down here built um, a giant the built a big rig corridor built yeah, a corridor turned it on its side and so when they're actually moving on the side they're actually stood the right way out yeah they? the camera really was clever, on the tilt yeah. really clever like fast perspective yeah what we see yeah 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 very very yeah, clever i really do like that yeah um, but again, yeah, just just a few other bits that I found. Um, Kate Winslet was approached to play Mal, okay. um, but she she said she couldn't see herself in the character, which would have been would have would have been clever because that would have been the third time that Aaron yeah. Caprio would have been <laughs> on screen together. That, that would, but then again, would it have worked with her? Probably would have done. Already. I mean, so, yeah. Um, you might then, have oh, got there, there was something else that I, I read just with Kate Winslet thing. You might have got the opposite of what the Matt Damon thing had for Interstellar, because. Because of the role that his wife plays in this, yeah, she's maybe just a bit more than a bit part player. Yeah, yeah. And would you have thought if it's a big actress in that role, would you have been a bit like, oh, right? So now, you, your subconscious would have been drawn to the fact that oh, well, she's got a big part in this role because it's Kate Winslet, and yeah, then she maybe didn't yeah. have as big a part as you'd thought, and it maybe would have had a yeah, you know, yeah, maybe, you know what yeah. I mean? It's yeah, clever uh, casting ultimately. It, yeah, again, ca- ca- casting on both these films, um, absolutely fantastic, really. Um, although, like I say. I think the the one that hit it for me really on on casting, casting. was Interstellar really. Um, so yeah, the 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 office safe where you, the safe what you opens. The, oh yeah. Is it, is it am I right in thinking the codes five two eight four nine one? I think that's the they ask yes. him to give him a number, don't they? And yeah, that's the yeah, number yeah. he gives out, and that's that's got two two meanings. So four two eight is the harmonic frequency of um, relaxation. Okay. And four nine one represents uh, Matthew eighteen twenty one. All right, which is the unforgivable sin, which is really clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I thought that was when I found that that out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, I must say, you must have researched that, right? Yeah, because <laughs> I, I knew that. Yeah, because that's a I, bank I of knowledge that I didn't know you had. <laughs> <laughs> I know my Bible quotes and my and my frequency. I don't know And my frequency. But no, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> so I looked into what that is, and and that's the unforgivable sin that he's with his father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like I say, Pete Postlethwaite in it, you know, the little cameo there, really, of, well, I say cameo, but the part that he plays of his dying father in the bed, which, again, say about casting, I thought Pete Postlethwaite was such a such a remarkable actor. Um, so sad that he passed away shortly after making this film, I think it was a year later. Mm. Um, and you think of the roles that he could have carried on playing, even up to this day, but, um, yeah, really good casting of him in, in this film, and Cillian Murphy, um always crops up in Nolan films. Like I said, I think they've, they've he's good there, he? done about eight films together, yeah. He's 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 down for his new film, isn't he? The, oh, is he? The, the next film that he's doing, yeah, he's down for that. As, as is, I think, Tom Hardy, I'm sure he's down for it as well. 
But yeah, again, Tom Hardy, I'm not a big fan of him. I, I don't know what it is. I just don't, don't see the attraction. But I, I used to think the same of Leonardo DiCaprio in his early, early career. I used to think, well, I don't really see the, all the hype. And then I, I think it was Catch Me If You Can. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So, yeah I it's catch pretty me good. That, yeah. And then anything you sort of done after that, I've... Oh yeah, I get it now. I get why he's mm. there. So maybe it's a bit of time. And he's good in this as well. It is. He plays yeah. this role. Oh yeah, very well, good yeah. in this. Very very good. Um, so I think we've done more talking really about Interstellar about it, delving into it than we have done in Inception. Not to say that Inception isn't a good film, but it's just very complex and very complicated. Um, Which do you think's more complicated? I think Inception. Do you think? See, I'm. I'm you you more Interstellar. But when I say complicated, I mean. I don't mean which do you understand the the least. Not that you say oh, well, that you understand. Well, no. that. I mean, to, which do you think? Just just take yourself out of it. Which do you think is easier to understand? I think. I think I don't know. I think Interstellar's probably easier to, if you're open minded. It's more easy. It's easier to understand. Because, what do you think? But I think Inception's harder to follow. And I say I'm the other, oh ah yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'd agree I think with Inception's harder to follow because, but I think because the con- you've, got to, you've got to keep up with this dream within a dream within it. By the time you get to the limbo stage, it's like, right, hang on a minute, we're in four, four different stories here. Yeah. And which one's real? Yeah, and, yeah, and then, yeah. You know, so I think that's how it's, it's, it's easier to lose your way in Inception than it is in Interstellar. Yeah, yeah. I think Interstellar is a very complex film. I think it's easier to get your head around Inception than Interstellar. I think it's, no, I think from the other from way an understanding point of view, I think. Well, yeah. I think I think by the time you get to the end of Interstellar, I think that's harder to understand. Like I say, I just I just think it's the, the journey throughout both these films. Yeah, yeah. Um, that question opened up like a million other questions. Yeah, didn't it? like we're good neither of us answered that question. Of, uh, sleepiness now. Yeah, know, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's, like I say, both fantastic films, both really good. Um, I have nothing really else to add. Like I say, only well, just the score, another good score from oh, time. For Inception. What's, time what is excellent in it. Is. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Um, oh, I've got a few more bits here, yeah. Um, so, he um, Nolan pitched the idea of this back to, to Warner Brothers Studio in 2002 on the back of Insomnia. It took eight years right. to make the film. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Eight years to make it. But again, Insomnia, that's another great film of his. Have you not seen that? No. You've not seen it? See, that's, the, that's what I was thinking of. So that was coming out before Memento, isn't it? Yeah. So that's the one I was thinking of in Sonic. I went to cinema to see that. Yeah. That is a very good film. Oh, right. So I think we've got to put Tenet <laughs> and Insomnia in the next series. And I've got an idea yeah. for Tenet. I'll tell you that at the end. Oh, right. Okay. Um, but yeah, like I say, you know, another another really good pick from yourself here, Scott. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. As you said, they're, they're probably two, 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 <laughs> two bigger films to do this kind of thing for them in, in one respect because. You could spend three or four hours talking about both of these films and diving into the the, the theories and the yeah. what you what you can interpret, what you can't interpret, stuff like that. But I think we've done a decent job of yeah, bringing well, them both think... together in in that yeah yeah. And in a way, we went off <laughs> went completely against what I said we were going to do, and we did the we've traditional done the sort thing of anyway. between the two, and yeah, that's yeah. why I think I've spoke more I've spoke more about Interstellar than I've done in Inception. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. but no, I, I oh, there was one thing I was going to say, and this this <laughs> this maybe won't mean a lot to to you, but um. I'd love to find out. I might even tweet it as well. This would be pretty cool if we got some interaction with this. Um, Hideo Kojima, who made Metal Gear Solid, uh, made Death Stranding. Watching this, so whilst Death Stranding, well, it's just, you could argue it is, there's limbo elements in that. The the beat 
beach. I'll find you on the beach. I'll find you on the beach. That's a big theme of Death Stranding. Right, okay. I'd love to know if there was some, like, inspiration to that idea of the beach from Death Stranding from Inception. This world that you've crafted, because it's very much on a coast, isn't it? On a beach, yeah, yeah. that that limbo. So, yeah, it'd be interesting just to... I might have to do a bit of research about that. I was just thinking it while we were talking. But, yeah, because that, that, that ties heavily into this, this place of solace if you like this this yeah. end point and yeah i wonder if there was some inspiration there because it's a very he's a very out there kind of person yeah, yeah. Kojima and obviously nolan nolan is as well so i'll have a look into that i'll do some research on that i've got to say i think after watching both these films I've, it's made me more of a fan of christopher nolan not yeah, that yeah. i wasn't but um the same with earlier in the season when i watched um dark knight yeah of course um which made which made the list. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Did make the list, didn't it? Yeah. Um which we which Scott was really good with that Dunkirk didn't make the list. Um <laughs> we'd have had a full on like we, Nolan we list. We'd just go for all the Nolan films in. Oh no, because Nancy Seventeen is really good. Yeah, I like that yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? Um that's in season one. Yeah. Um but yeah, so uh it, it has made me more of a, a fan of these of these films and his his style of filmmaking. Um and like I say, Insomnia is such a good film. I'm, I'm I can't believe I've seen it so oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not in the same line as these, and it's obviously lower budget, but yeah, it's uh, it's I'll a very good film. It's, we'll it's certainly it one to 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 to, uh, to to look out to for. not sleep on. To not sleep on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think we've kind of yeah, we're kind of wrapping it up here, wrapping right, up there. So we're going to have to make the we decision. Is make a decision. Sad which is going to be there. So, um, this is the final one of season two, then, isn't it? To make to round out the list. So yeah. we'll, we'll recap the list once we've made this decision. So. I'm going to let you go first. Well, I, I think off the style of how I've spoken and the things that I've said, I think it's pretty obvious that I'm going to go with Interstellar. Um, okay. And again, not that I'm not a fan of Inception because I am a fan of Inception and, and I did enjoy going back to it, but Interstellar for me just blows me away every time I watch it. It just, it's just such a good film. Um, and again, not saying Interstellar isn't, uh, Inception isn't, but um, I think I need to watch Inception again. You know, even though I only watched it the other day, I think I need to, I need to watch it again and uh, and try and sort of take it in a bit more. Mm. But but yeah, I think every time watching Interstellar, I just think it's such a fantastic film. It, it, and if I'm going to make a list of films to watch, yeah, it's got to be on there. It's on there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if we end up not agreeing, I get the same. Well, it's, the, it's the your Tom, pick. At, the yeah. Tom Hanks. So I'll, I'll be quite happy at that. Don't worry. From there, uh, from episode one. Where we couldn't decide on Castrange. Well, we couldn't yeah. decide on Castaway and Forrest Gump, so we just put them both on. Yeah, and then just put in, both in, yeah. in retrospect, we thought, I don't we can't do that because we'll, <laughs> we'll just end up with all the films on the list. <laughs> so, um, but from my point of view, we're not in the we're not in the realms of scoring films, are we? But one of these films for me would get a ten. Yeah. And one of these films would get an eight. I'd be really like mysterious about this. And the the key thing for me, which is going to inform my pick, is the emotional level of the characters and in that's the what's film. doing it for me yeah and i'm gonna pick i'm gonna echo what you said and i'm gonna go with interstellar to make the list just simply because outside of uh leonardo dicaprio's character yeah i don't really care for for any of the other characters not that i don't like any of the other characters because yeah. like i say tom hardy's character is really cool what to do with it um the emotional journey if you like what silly murphy's character goes on is is an interesting one but I'm not invested in them as much as I am Merth and Coop 
and even Brant, you know, yeah. she's got obviously she's got feelings for their uh, the even the son Tom. The ash, you know, yeah, I'm more invested in yeah, his yeah. character. He's such a man, and him losing film, his child and, and things like that. But obviously, she has her things, split yeah. emotions. Does Anne Hathaway's character because she's got her dad, who's yeah. she's you know she's doing all this work for, her and then obviously all the stuff there. But yeah, yeah I I shed a tear several times in Interstellar every time I watch it, and I've maybe watched it four times now. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Inception, it's cool. It's a really cool film, and I like the idea of going into dreams and this idea. But I feel that is that stands out more in that than the characters do. Whereas yeah. in Interstellar. The, the space stuff is really awesome, but the characters' feelings and the journeys they go on and what it means yeah. for the characters stands out more. And that's what I'm all about. That's why I'll, I'll die on the sword for Lost, because Lost, <laughs> Lost is my favourite series that's, that's been. You could, Breaking Bad maybe falls as a joint face in that, but Lost because of the characters. I don't care why there was a statue with the term missing. It's the journey that the characters go on in that yeah, series, yeah. and that's why Interstellar for me is better than Inception. Yeah, yeah. Not to say Inception's not great because Inception's a good film. Inception's a cool film, but Interstellar's just to me is that premium. Yeah, just above. And it, it. and it always surprises me when people don't always go the other way, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine times out of ten, when you see reviews and that 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 Inception is is Nolan's best film. Um, which I think Dark Knight Rises. Uh, sorry, Dark Knight. Dark Knight Rises. That's a call. No, I don't know about that. I think Dark Knight is... So this is how I would put these two films right. So I would say Dark Knight is absolutely Nolan at his best. It's his best film. It's absolutely fantastic. There's so much that's right with it. Um, and Dark Knight Rises is not as good. It's still such a good film. And when you look what he did with it and look at the story and everything, it's such a good film, but it's just not... For whatever reason, it's not the Dark Knight. Yeah. And and I think that's the same with these two. Like ones. these two, I think yeah, Interstellar yeah. is is is. It, I don't think even think it's a case of one that is is better at, at this film than he was at the previous film. I just think for whatever reason, the story of Interstellar and mm. and everything that's involved in it is better than Inception. Yeah, but not to say that Inception's a bad film, and not to say Dark Knight Rises is, is a, a bad, bad film. film. Yeah, it's still in that trilogy of films, or even Batman Begins. It's not a bad film. It's just. Out the three films, that one film in the Stands middle is above, better. Yeah, I think really, and what, I think that with these two, I think both films are absolutely brilliant. But one of them, for me, as I stand, is slightly better. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think what all we've kind of done really is kind of praised Christopher Nolan and his collection of stuff. Yeah, because you've not mentioned in there the Prestige, which is really yeah. good. Yeah, it's a good film. Yeah, Memento, which is really good, and uh, and as you said, and Tenet. I, I really love Tenet. I think Tenet's yeah. great, and I'd love to one day like we. You know, rank the MCU. In fact, I might even, I might even, right, on air now, yeah. right, change our plan for this fiftieth anniversary. Um, uh, not fiftieth anniversary, fiftieth episode. <laughs> yeah. So when, absolutely. When <laughs> sorry, I don't know where why the anniversary. Looking at Scott, like yeah. what? So fifty years time when yeah. we've been to this gargantuan uh, <laughs> black hole. Sorry, the fiftieth episode. I'd said didn't I yeah. that we would rank the Marvel films. Yeah. What we'll do is we'll slightly change that. We will rank the Marvel films. But we'll both pick three franchises that we have to rank. Right, okay. Right? Franchise, I mean, losing, using the term franchises, losing it. So we could rank the Nolan films. Oh, right, okay. We could rank the MCU films. 
we could rank the Rocky films, for oh, example. Lord of the Rings. You know, Lord of the Rings, that kind oh, of thing. Or the Middle Earth. Yeah. You know, no, we won't do Middle Earth. Rank the Star Wars films. films. I know that yeah. sounds like a heavy thing, and it won't be as top level as that. There'll be a yeah, bit of yeah, thought yeah. to that. But yeah, we'll do something like that, because yeah. I'd love to sit and just say, one to eight, one to nine, what order do you put the Nolan films in? Because I think that's a good discussion that's to hard, have and that, stuff. You know, yeah. So, anyway, I'd that, have that's to go that, back so. and watch Prestige again. I'd have to watch um, Insomnia. Insomnia, I feel like I really need to go and watch that again. That was, I really enjoyed that cinema when it came out. Um, Don't Alpha fall G- asleep, Janet. Al- yeah. <laughs> Al Pacino and Robin Williams. And I can't believe you've not seen that. Yeah. 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 I will That's, check it out. Have you got that? Do you want? Don't think so. No. Oh, right. oh. That could have been an idea for <laughs> It's a shame when your gone. birthday's in November. Oh, and, and, birthday's in November. <laughs> and it's now February. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> the season two. Oh yeah, well yeah. Yeah, nearly February. Yeah, yeah not close. That's because I just had something appear that said February. <laughs> um, so season two comes to a close. Yeah, so well, we wrapped up. In technically, all... we've got the rev- we're, we're going to review episode, season two. It's going to be fun, yeah, which is be... always fun. Yeah. So we've got the watch list is now complete for season two. So Castaway and Forrest Gump are on there. Yeah. The Dark Knight. Yeah. Uh, we've got Twelve Monkeys. Oh, oh, that was this season. Yep. Yeah, yeah, forgot about we've that. We've got Avengers wow. Endgame. We've got. Uh, Vertigo or Rear Window which one made the pick it was Vertigo, Vertigo. wasn't it Vertigo yeah. uh, we've got Ready or Not oh uh, yeah, which... yeah. <laughs> what well, world yeah. we live in where Ready or Not or the babysitter made yeah. the list and Inception <laughs> didn't and Terminator 2 didn't <laughs> yeah. but yeah Aliens made Aliens. the list and then finally um, Interstellar makes the yeah. list which I'm really glad it did yeah. I'm really glad Interstellar made the list because I think I would go as far as saying that Interstellar is in my top three films. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Avengers Endgame is in there. Yeah. And Inception's the other one. No, and yeah. I, I can't quite think what the other one would be because there's lots of other good films, isn't there? There's, you know, some classics out there and stuff. Yeah. But, but yeah, I love Interstellar. I really do love Interstellar for that emotional journey that the characters go on and, and how they get to where they do. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. No, I'm, I'm the same. Complete. I'm just sat thinking there about what, what films we've picked, but. It's been a good season, I think. I think we've we've picked some good films. Oh, definitely, um, yeah. Some good movies there. Um, yeah, just, just thinking there, like how how certain films don't get picked, like you say, baby. What, what did we pick? Ready or not? Ready or not? Ready yeah. or not? Made the list and Terminator Two didn't. Yeah. But, but <laughs> if you were to go and put them all up against each other, what would what would come out on top? Well, it'll know? be interesting because we've um, when we reviewed season one, we did like we a spoke a little bit about we? that. Like, what would you? What do you think? What, what you're disappointed that missed out kind of thing yeah, yeah. so that'll come into conversation in, in yeah. the next so one we, we, so we can look at this next we time we can talk about that yeah it's been good this Scott I've enjoyed, enjoyed that yeah. Yep. yeah it's um, been good uh, um, chatting to you and deep dive into two straight into the uh, extremely complicated films, films. <laughs> yeah but yeah I'm really um, glad we picked Interstellar I'm yeah glad. yeah I, I thought from the moment we started talking that I thought you probably could tell that that's that's the way I was going to go with, with my pick and I could tell you was as yeah, well yeah so, yeah so I'm going to now tell you what my tenet thing is so i'm not gonna not gonna reveal any of the season three picks and this might not even be in season three because Mm -hmm. we haven't finalized them all yet and there might might be a couple of like little spins we're gonna do on some of the episodes with it being our third season yeah we could maybe bring three films together rather than two films but (laughs) what so um but i am definitely gonna have this as a pick at some point and i think it probably will be season three so in season three one of my picks will be tenet yeah and the batman Oh, what, the new one? That's not come out yet? Yeah. Robert Pattinson being the link. Oh, I was just going to say, what's the link there? Yeah. Ah. Now that will be interesting because they are not remotely 
in the same conversation as each other, are they? And one of you you've not even seen. And one yet. we've not even seen. So how can you pick a film you've ah, seen? Because I, I would imagine that's going to be decent. But then again, I've, I've did that with you because I said about you maybe could maybe old boy and you yeah, haven't yeah, seen yeah, either of them. Seen them so. Yeah, but yeah, and you've not seen one of them. I've not so, seen one so of you them. You literally so, picked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm going to lock that in. Yeah. I'm going to because Tenet and the Batman, the link being Robert Pattinson, right. that'll be a really okay, interesting discussion because. You're picking from two very different pools, aren't you? Mm. Whereas this, it was going to be one or the other. Well, obviously, yeah. one or the other. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, it was going to be why one was better than the other. Whereas they could be both, yeah, really good in their yeah. own field, but we'd have to make a decision. So that's that's an interesting one. Yeah, that'd coming be good. Up, that'd be good to look at. Yeah, the the new Batman film's about three hours long as well. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, 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 yeah. That's so. Strap in for that one. Yeah. So we'll, we'll do that when it comes out rather than having to watch it and then watch it again. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that yeah. will be interesting. Yeah. Um, so where can people find all of the other stuff we've referenced from the last two seasons and all the review episodes? And when we do season three, where can people listen to it? On all major podcast providers. They can. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter by searching for Watch The Film Pod. Or you can go to our website at www.watchthefilmpod.com. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed this one, as you say, Stephen. And yeah, I hope it's been good. It's been anybody really good. who's listened to this one has uh, enjoyed it as well. And comment on the Facebook page and Instagram and all that stuff, and, and let us know buy what a you thought. If you yeah, buy a shirt or a mug or anything, yeah. or a hoodie. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening with us in this episode. Yep, thanks a lot. Take care. Bye.